0: Hello, good people, and welcome back to The Primal Podcast. In today's episode, I am joined once again by my good friend and brother, Mr. Darren Hendrick. In today's conversation, we have a very clear intent. We want to discuss a resource, a Twitter thread or tweet storm, created by a person that we both hold in very high regard and esteem, Mr. Naval Ravikant. If you're not familiar with Naval, he's a serial entrepreneur, investor, and venture capitalist who has had a massive influence on the way I live my life and how I'm trying to build my business and in Darren's own professional and personal life as well. Naval has many, many really powerful teachings, but in 2018, he created a tweet storm or a Twitter thread where he outlined a series of key principles he believes will help you develop and generate the wealth that you want in your life. He titled this tweet storm rather controversially, How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. And he has since acknowledged that while that is a bit of a clickbait title, the principles inside this tweet storm are absolutely robust. And myself and Darren wanted to spend a few episodes of this podcast exploring the tweet storm and discussing what it means to us and hopefully adding some of that value to your lives if you haven't actually read this piece of content as well. There are a good few tweets in this thread. So in this episode, myself and Darren discussed the first four or five. We explore what they mean to us, how we've applied them in our lives, how we would like to apply them in our lives and what it could potentially mean for the greater public and anybody who wants to empower themselves and take control over their own lifestyle. This was a really enjoyable episode to shoot with Darren. And in my opinion, there are tons of takeaways. I will be definitely listening back to learn a lot more myself based off what we talked about. And I hope you can pull some value for yourself we're probably going to release an episode like this every four to six weeks until we cover the entire tweet storm but for now enjoy the first four or five in this first episode of mr darren hendrick and as always thank you very much for listening and guys remember this podcast is brought to you in association with flotation therapy ireland adam Ward down at flotation therapy ireland has very kindly offered a discount to anybody who wants to book a float session in either his Chancery Lane or Malahide facilities. All you have to do is mention Primal, the podcast, or myself when you're booking to take advantage of that offer. So make sure you get in contact with Adam and Flotation Therapy Ireland. And thank you once again, guys, for your support. Welcome to our shared journey to find the answers to questions about health, wellness, nutrition, performance, life, and success. And to craft the most resilient Hardy and happy humans you've ever seen. Welcome to the Primal Podcast. Mr. Darren Hendrick. Danny, how are welcome you doing, back, brother. <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> it's good to have you. Welcome. Uh, you're, well, you're in the studio almost every week now yeah. between recording on my podcast and yeah. your podcast. So, uh, yeah, no, it's always good to have you here, man. i very excited about today's conversation.
1: Yeah, me too. I wasn't when I woke up, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You want to tell the people (laughs) why? Yeah, um, I I I forgot we had this booked in and I got last minute tickets to go see the Fontaines DC, which are um, an Irish band. Very good. They got nominated for a Grammy a few years ago. So, I got last minute tickets in the RV Gardens, and it just turned into a bit of a mad one. <laughs> and Darren
0: thinks I'm going to let him off the hook, and I never let yeah. him off the hook.
1: So here we are doing the podcast. Yeah. So excuse me, this morning I'm a little, little, wee
0: bit tender. I think well, you're going to be. I'm all right. I think you're going to be good, yeah. man. Based off the last 45 minutes of conversation, I think, uh-huh. I think we're going to be good. So to give people a little bit of context, obviously Darren, you've been on the podcast before. Yeah, and um, we had a great conversation. Um, and this one is going to be a little bit more specific. Mm. We're going to have a conversation, a chat about a common. I suppose he might be a he is hero too strong, yeah. a common inspiration no, for us. A
1: prominent figure, you know, and an inspiring guy. Very inspiring
0: guy, um, Mr. Naval Ravikant. And we are going to, okay, let me put this, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little bit of context from my perspective first, and then I'll ask you to give context yeah. from your perspective just to, to kind of um, clean this up for people. So I first heard Naval on Joe Rogan, as I find many of these different people, uh, maybe three or four years ago can't remember exactly the date of the podcast. I'll put it in the show notes, but I remember, um I think I've told this before in the podcast, I didn't know who this guy was, just clicked the episode. I was sitting down to have my dinner on a Sunday, and Jill was going out, and I was about half an hour in when she left. And when she came back, I was still sitting in the exact same position. I hadn't, I hadn't moved in like two hours, and I was like, this guy, oh my God. Mm. I was listening to him speak, and it was amazing. Blew my mind. So that was my first introduction. Didn't know too much about him. And then when we met, which is probably maybe a year later, Randomly in conversation, one of us brought up Naval, and I was like, how do you know Naval, thinking I, I had access to this like secret little resource? And you were like, oh no, I, I know him very well, and you were quite well read on him, and um, you knew quite a bit about him. And you sent me on what we're going to discuss today, which is this tweet storm, this collection of mm. incredible resources that he put together. So that's my introduction to Naval. Yeah. Maybe you tell me how you found him.
1: Um, Yeah, so... I can't remember the exact origins, but I came across him and then I, I think I listened to him on a podcast called The Knowledge Project with Shane Parrish. Who was client, oh yeah. You know that? And uh, he was on that. He was on Tim Ferriss. So I devoured them two podcasts and just delved into him and then he was on Joe Rogan. And then he did this tweet storm and a tweet storm is essentially just a Twitter thread. And he titled it How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. Now, the title's a bit controversial and he admitted that after, but it's also enticing. Um, and he really just discusses um, how to create the conditions to generate wealth, you know, I suppose. And he did this really long trade and got lots of engagement and it was fantastic. Um, and then uh, broke it down in a podcast, little episodes. But uh, Naval like, is a really respected guy in Silicon Valley. He's a very um, well-known investor. He um, came from India um, with his, I think his mom, and they didn't have much. She used to go to work and when he finished school he'd go to the library and spend a lot of time in the library and um you know, build his way up and gotten interested in uh, you know, investing. I think he, he did oh, he studied computer science and I think economics. Um and then he went on to invest in early stage companies like Twitter, um Notion, which we've talked about, Uber, Wish dot com and you know, other ones and he's the co-founder of AngelList which is a like a social network for startups essentially like when you're trying to as an investor trying to find startups you'd use AngelList and if you're trying to get a job in a startup you would use AngelList so he's just I think become known as a very efficient thinker and very wise guy and has a lot of great thoughts about a lot of different subjects but he uh, brings it all together in this trade that we're going to discuss today. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great background to him as well. And
0: what really got me excited about Naval when I heard that first podcast was obviously uh, his business acumen and uh, his, his all of his expertise from an entrepreneurial point of view and an investment point of view was I was like, wow, this guy's incredible, but it was all it was all uh, combined with this message that he was delivering on Rogan anyway of happiness. Of, of being happy, what's the point in all this investment and all this money and all this wealth and all this kind of stuff, which we, we will define, because he defines it himself. Um, but it was always happiness, whatever the interpretation of that word is for you. And I think one of the famous lines he uses is, uh, let's get everybody rich and then make get them ha- make everyone rich and then get them happy. <laughs> yeah. And he believes everybody can be rich. And there's enough pie for everybody, which is a common enough kind of uh, like Gary V would talk about that. And all yeah. People. But he was, I, I just remember listening going, God, he's really passionate about showing people how to use money or leverage, or whatever, to live better lives yeah. as opposed to here's how you make tons and tons of money. As like, you see a lot of these big investor types. It's, it's all about the money mm. and fair play. They're great making money. But what really struck me about him was it was for a different purpose. He still spoke about let's make loads of money, build build big leverage, create yeah. big wealth, but it was all about creating a better life for yourself yeah. and for those around you. Which that was the big takeaway I took from him at the very start.
1: Yeah, likewise, you know, and I think it's just about shifting our perspective over money as well. We kind of touched on it briefly, like that mm. I feel like there's a very negative connotation with, with money in society. We look at it as this kind of evil, um, Thing and almost like our attitude towards it is, is probably as healthy as it could be. And when like money is just a fundamental requirement of human interaction, yeah, you know, we have it in its current form. But
0: when you say we, do you mean we as in like Irish people or oh, so on a global
1: scale, in terms of neg- negative connotation? Or yeah. look, I would say Ireland for sure, and probably like on a global scale, like I, I don't know, you know, but I get the impression that, um, we, uh. Yeah, we we see money as we can we look at money and I see it as like an evil kind of in the world and I don't think it's the money that is evil I just think that when it's like uh you know in the wrong hands that evil can be done with it. Yeah, uh, and unfortunately in the in a kind of uh capitalism society a lot of money goes and gets isolated to a few people and some of them don't have the best intentions, some do. Um so that'd be my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I'd agree with that as well. And it's funny because there seems to be a definite trend between people who don't have money and the ones who think money is evil. And we had an interesting... And this will be built into the discussion we're going to have here, which we will get into now, but it's nice to set some some context. Yeah, definitely. Uh, We had an interesting discussion, and we've had this before about... um, Money as a tool, money as energy, money mm. as a form of exchange, money as more than just money. It's, it's the way we interact as society. It used to be trade and barter for services. It's, it's just tulips some, exactly, <laughs> at one point. 100%, you know? yeah. But it is a form of energy. It's a form of exchange of energy yeah. between people. So l- viewed that way.
1: And value, you know. And value. Value. Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. need to be able to exchange. Um, 100%. So yeah. like, you know, whether it's money or whatever, like it's a fundamental um, necessity in and in, in human interaction, I I believe and you know they're not my own, own thoughts. They're like people I follow, like Andreas Antonopoulos, and has mentioned that and talked about it. But yeah, yeah,
0: okay, that it's actually great a great yeah. little segue there. Yeah, to 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 give. I'll give my position where who I am, where I am right now talking about this. Okay, and I, I know we wanted to make this really clear. Jesus, oh, I am the furthest thing you could possibly imagine from I'm an expert in any of this. I am a fan of Naval. I'm very grateful for you sending me a lot more information on Naval. Very grateful that I found them. I'm a fan. I'm a baby. I'm a beginner. I'm in a, a connoisseur now of this kind of information. I love to to taste it, and but. In terms of applying it in my own life, I'm only learning how to do this. I'm relatively new to the entrepreneurial side of things, yeah. building my own business. And um, So when you hear me speak about this stuff in this podcast, listener, if you're listening now, it's from it's from the same position as everybody else who's viewing this stuff almost for the first time. I'm trying to figure it out. We're going to go through this together and have a conversation yeah. about things that stand out to us. But from my perspective and my point of view, you're listening to me here working through these ideas and these thoughts as as you're listening, I'm working through this stuff and we're going to have a conversation about it. So I am not here to give any sort of advice or yeah. anything. Um, the only advice I will give is if you're interested in this world, check out Naval Ravikant and maybe yeah. read this, the tweets on. But yeah, that's, that's where I'm coming from here. I'm not preaching pontificating. I'm no. trying to figure this out myself.
1: And look, exactly. I and mean, I share that sentiment completely. Uh, I am not an expert in this. I'm not trying to speak from a place of authority. It is something that I'm interested in, have been interested in a long time. I think this is just us two exploring this, trying to understand it for, foremost or like uh, ourselves better. Yeah. You know, so we can refine and and and, and uh, hopefully if, you know, people choose to listen, that some value stimulates and provokes some thinking and they can, you know, go on and try to investigate more themselves. But for me, like, um, you know, I left school when I was very young and at 15 and um, I just remember being very aware of my time and not wanting to give up so much of my time in life for a job or jobs that I didn't really feel passionate about. Um, and I just always kind of seen money as a fundamental requirement for me to gain my freedom of time. You know, and that to me is the utmost important uh, motivating factor for me generating wealth is peace of mind and freedom to live my life as I please, not uh. Under the confines of uh, a corporate structure, or, or working for something that I don't enjoy and doesn't bring me passion, and look, it's a big goal to strive for, and I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, in a position where I can just do what I want when I want. Like I'm, i I'm, I'm figuring it out, um, and yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose I'm on the path, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and. To add to what you said there, I believe, because I I have similar desires, and I believe that everybody else does. Of course. I think everybody wants time, freedom. They want to do the things they want to do. Speaking of time. Oh, I did press go. Oh, I pressed go on the timer. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants that time. Everybody wants that freedom. I think today there's a very uh, difficult conversation going on around this there's phrases like passive income, financial freedom, yeah. and it's a hot topic. Whenever there's a hot topic, mm. it's it's very marketable. I and mean, when yeah. it's marketable, people can sell courses and books and yeah, all that of stuff. Yeah, it sounds a bit
1: hypey, you know. It's, it
0: sounds hypey, but the principles are the same. And I think from myself and yourself, you're on your path doing your thing. I'm on my path doing my thing. The person next door working in spa is on their path doing their thing. But we're all kind of, I, I feel, looking for the same thing with different levels of awareness or clarity on what that is and how we want to get it. So I don't think that the office worker, for example, doesn't want the same thing that myself and yourself wants. We all want this freedom, to time to do the things we want to do with the people we want to do. So when I think of financial freedom and all these kind of buzzwords, that's what I think of, like you've just described there. Um, And I I do believe that listening to people like Naval is almost not, it's not a cheat code because you still have to do the work and it's almost more difficult because there's no real defined structure when you when you step outside the bounds of the normal 9 to 5 which i have no problem with by the way because sometimes i listen to myself speaking i'm like i sound like maybe i i know something that other people don't yeah. know or
1: something i absolutely don't and there's no judgment there there's no like, judgment you know like if people are happy working in a structured environment really under, important under a company that offers them security uh, a good environment and all the conditions that give them contentness and whatever they're looking for that's grand like there's so many great companies out there I've worked in that world for a long time and I've worked for some really amazing companies this is not like a black and white thing it's like yeah. individual
0: such an important point you just made there really important point to clarify that because if you can work for a company and you're happy doing what you're doing and you have time in the evening to spend with your family and yeah. you can go away and spend time in the weekends that's it man Perfect. That's, that's fucking yeah. easy. Like You figured it out. Exactly. Or you could go work for yourself. Yeah. There's a funny thing going around Instagram at the moment saying, I, I, I hated working the nine to five, so I set up my own business and now I work 24-7. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like there's, there's a trap there. There well. is a trap, you know, but for me personally, as an individual, I want to be able to spend my time as I please. I want to be able to decide next week. Yes, I want to go down the country for a week. Yes, I want to go abroad for a week. Yeah. I can go anywhere. I can bring my laptop with me and I can figure it out. Um, not always successfully, not always smoothly, but like I have that power to, to do that, you know. Mm. And to That's give, the goal. <laughs> yeah, it's the goal. But to give you some props here, because
0: I, I know some of your story, that can sound like to some people, and I, I'm afraid of this sometimes as well, it can sound like a cop-out from your responsibilities or you want to go live the free life, but you've put a lot of time, effort, energy, time yeah. and work into creating this for yourself. And I've watched it do it. So... It's it, it again, it can sound buzzwordy and hypey and people want to sell you the, the, the idea of living, for, I'm laughing because I'm thinking van life you're, you're literally exploring the options of vans at right the moment, but you've put lots of time and energy yeah. into creating this for yourself and I've watched you do it, so mm. it does take a huge amount of energy, but it's it's possible and then you can reap yeah. the rewards.
1: And yeah, like I, I have been thinking about this for a long time like since I'm in my teenage years and I've been working towards it and yeah, it's ebbed and flowed and sometimes it hasn't felt like it's in my reach and it's felt impossible but this has always been at the you know the, the, the goal I've been striving for is to claim my own time back. Yeah um and it hasn't been easy you know and oh, yeah, not at all. I'm I'm certainly not at the, that place where I have total time to myself and I can live the rest of my life and as I please. That's not reality. Yeah. Stuff happens, you have responsibilities, family, you know yourself. Um but I have put a lot of energy and thought and research, and time, and just trying to understand this better, and and walk that path. Deadly, deadly.
0: Okay, a great a great place to start. Actually, dealing with the content before we do. I'm actually after forgetting to put on my little fairy lights there. We just reach down and there's a little battery pack in I'll that put, tree there. I'll put
1: your fairy <laughs> on. Put my
0: fairy lights on there. We'll put my ones on this side. Uh, be- look at that beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Now people can appreciate it. Right. Um Okay, so with the context of why I think it's very clear now, listening to you and me, yeah. why why we're so interested in what this man has to say. Yeah. Would you like to take a, a little tentative dive into the start of the tweets storm?
1: Yeah. So I think like what we had discussed is we have the the, the information that he provided, you know, um, on this thread on how essentially to get rich without getting ugly. Um, which is a very bold statement, mm. but he has these comments. So I think our thought process here is we're going to go through each one and just discuss it, try figure it out ourselves, kind of brainstorm. But, you know, strong opinions loosely held. We're figuring it out. <laughs> I love that. You said that before. It's, that's, yeah. that's a
0: great way of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, yeah, the first kind of one is like seek wealth, not money or status. Wealth is having assets that earn while you sleep. Money is how we transfer time and wealth. Status is your place in the social hierarchy. Yeah. So thoughts. Thoughts. Okay, thoughts. Thoughts for me, uh, the big word
0: that jumps out there is wealth because he talks about this a lot. The idea that, which we already said, money is the tool. It's the energy. Mm. It's the means of tr- of leveraging um, transaction and, and skill and exchanging value. But very quickly, I think, money for us becomes the object of desire because we know it can, we can leverage it to, to have better lives I suppose but this wealth this word wealth he, he really clearly divides that re- removes that from money and wealth is, and he, he says, he defines it as assets that earn while you sleep. But assets that earn while you sleep mean your time is now your own because you need money to live, fine. No one, no one's disagreeing with that. But if you have wealth, it means you don't need to spend all of the time that you're claiming you want to spend with your family and friends earning that money. Yeah. And this is the, the cliché perpetual cycle that people always talk about but n- nobody really kind of delves into, yeah. it, is that... You can't take it with you when you die. You're doing all this t- work for money. We, yeah. You're going to retire, and what are you going to have all this money? You could get hit by a bus you tomorrow. Get hit by a bus. And they're all cliches, but it's all really true, yeah. and it all freaks me out. So yes, money is massively important, but this wealth thing for me, this this concept of financial freedom, wealth. You you said it before. I've often said I never want to worry about my family being sick mm. or if they want to do something or go somewhere, not being able but be able to provide for them. So for me, that means I need money, but it also means I if I'm working 70, 80 hours a week, I can't bring them to where they want yeah. to go. So that's what I'm trying to achieve. That's a, so that word wealth jumps out at me when he says that. And I yeah. think that's how he's defining it in this yeah. this opening statement.
1: Yeah, great, great point. And for me, um I think that, you know, money does not make us happy, but it can bring us happiness and it can bring us peace of mind. Um, you know, so the focus of money as the main objective can create misery. Um, And I think that we strive for money and we spend our money on material goods, especially in the kind of society we live in at the moment, um, so we can climb up the status ladder, you know, through brands, through gadgets, through how we portray ourselves. Um, That's all, you know, Tapping into, I think, our biological uh, desire to climb up the social hier- hierarchy. Um, wealth, I think, is more of like a background, you know, something that happens in the background. You try to generate wealth and the objective is like peace of mind, um, like you mentioned, and claiming back your time. And there's this like a book called The Millionaire Next Door, and it's this guy in America. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but he basically went researching millionaires for a year or a couple of years. And what he found was that um, all the people who lived in really fancy houses and had big cars, actually a lot of them what happens is they finance, um, which means they get a loan um, uh, for the purchases and then they pay back the loan. But many of them were actually in debt. So if you like look at all their money, Like they were in negative uh, money and they owed more than they owned kind of thing. Uh, I think that that's my interpretation of it. Anyway, um, what he found was that all the wealthiest people lived in uh, middle class uh, estates in what we would call average houses um, and didn't wear fancy clothes, didn't buy fancy cars. Um, And they are, in fact, actually the people who had the most wealth, which is shocking, you know, because we assume that, oh, he has that car, he has that watch, he has that phone. Therefore, that equates to them being wealthy. And it definitely indicates that they have money, you know, and and that does, but how much or, you know, how long could they live if they lost their job? How much money have they got to survive if they lost their job or lost everything tomorrow? You know, that's probably what's important absolutely yeah and if look i'm not if people like buying stuff and buying you know i've got friends who like buying fancy things and i like buying fancy things you know I like my gadgets and yeah definitely not speaking down on that i have appreciation for that but just trying to highlight the point that i think there is maybe a bit of a you know a difference there yeah. in, in ways of thinking and perspective about it and money that's a brilliant point because
0: Sometimes, and you mentioned this at the start as well, about negative connotations around capitalism and stuff like that. And I think, it like, I like I like nice things as well. But if if the way you live your life, if the principles you base your spending habits on are, you can have the nice things if you're not compromising your ability to actually have this idea of freedom and wealth. Because if the car means you have to work 50, 60, 70 hours a week just to pay for it, and if you miss a payment, you lose the car. It Like, is... It's compromising your ability to have your freedom. Yeah. So you can still have the car if you have yourself set up in a way that you can afford the car. Now that word "afford" is a really interesting one because this this whole conversation we're having reminds me of uh, Robert Robert uh, is it Kiyosaki Kiyosaki Rich oh, yeah. Dad Poor Dad mm. the concept in that book. And I've just I just did a little post on Tim Ferriss's four hour work week as well, and he speak Great. about this concept, the new rich and building assets
1: with being real wealth. Yeah. Can we just clarify what an asset is? you know yes. cuz i feel like Robert mentioned that a few times okay yeah 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 so like an asset is owning like um a house i suppose would you consider how or he doesn't consider a house an asset yeah robert interesting yeah, cuz i have just finished this book yeah, again it's yeah, the yeah. second time i'm reading yeah. it and
0: he very interestingly controversially says yeah. that a house isn't actually an asset because when you stack up your um all the taxes and all the maintenance on the house it's actually it's actually lives in the mm. uh, the um Jesus, my mind's gone after assets and liability. It lives in the liability kind of It's more, it's a liability, right? Yeah, which would people here would disagree with that. Yeah. And um, up until 2008, I suppose most people would disagree <laughs> with that as well. But an asset, essentially, I, I'm, I'm, my perspective on it would be something that is um I- either increasing in value or providing a direct form of income and is not costing you more money yeah. than it provides you. So, for example, a car is a liability. Yeah. Now, people will say it's an asset because it drives you to work, mm. but there's other ways to get into work yeah so it it's it is a gray enough area, but yeah. essentially something that's providing you yeah. more value. So than like a,
1: an investment in a stock that plays exactly. either increases in value has a good trajectory or they pay you dividends. A dividend being that like you get a percentage of the profit every quarter or every you know once a year, or whatever yeah. the terms and conditions are in that company. it could be holding like a a crypto token, whether it's Bitcoin or one of the other many ones. um obviously, there's massive risk in crypto and You know, a lot of the projects are uh, shy to be quite frank, you know, but there's some incredible innovative things happening there and and owning one of them could be considered a NASA R- rental
0: properties is different rental, rental own, properties okay yeah. so I think this is what Robert says your own house is not an asset yeah, but, but a what? rental property yeah. because every month there's income coming from that house and if you set it up properly yeah. the income will outweigh the yeah. expenses and you'll eventually end up being able to use that and what he likes yeah. to do from my understanding is leverage that for mm. not, not to sell it and have, take the money out but to continuously because yeah. he's leveraging tax law and all that kind yeah. of stuff to grow it and then potentially have two and then potentially a building and then um. so yeah so anything that's providing a recurring income that's more than what it's
1: costing you to have yeah. the asset. Or just has uh, an ability to retain and increase in value, such yes. as art. You know, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, art yeah. increases, I think, like, I think between four and like 10% a year in Is value. It? I think it's like what got one of the biggest uh, appreciations. Yeah. Is it a specific type of art or just? Um, I'm not sure. I think fine art, okay. you know, like expensive art. Yeah. Um, that. This podcast. It's, yeah, it's probably more exclusive to, you know, people with a lot of wealth. Yeah. um, So that is an asset, I think. A lot of wealth or a lot of money? A lot of money. A bit yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, That to me, I think, is an asset. It could be owning a classic car. Yeah. You know, that you don't drive. Yeah. To uh, maintain and preserve value. So what you find is when the economy crashes, a lot of people, a lot of, you know, we're the smart money, and smart money is basically people who investors and really understand ec- uh, economics and money Um, they tend to try to get out of their cash and put it into the likes of gold put it into art, put it into classic cars because it's a way to preserve their money as um, inflation happens and more money is pumped into the economy and the uh, spending power of their dollar decreases yeah. which is what happened over the last years you know I think like 90% of the total money in US circulation has been printed in the last three to four years. Something like that. Something outrageous, which yeah. is just absolutely bizarre. Um, so, yeah, I think that gives a good insight into what assets are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, if anyone who's, which many people who who are very au fait with kind of financial speak and stuff like that are listening, they're like, you're circling around the point here, lads. There's a big point to be yeah. made here, which I think is the... The the trap of not not understanding the importance of investing in assets. If you work a job and your income is fixed, so say, let's, for argument's sake, you make 50,000 euro a year and you have your cost of living and all that kind of stuff and you set up your life, your car, your house, your hotel, all that kind of stuff, all your, your hotel, your your um holidays to match, which most people do, their thereabouts, the money that you're earning. Unless you're investing in assets that can earn outside your time, you are then bound by the amount of time you can spend working. Because mm-hmm. if you work a bit more, you might be able to earn a bit more. But it completely comes down to your time, which is finite. By having an asset, it's no longer about your time. Now you can invest in something that's earning... the. the it is earning for you. And people often talk about um, the, the money earning for you. It should be put to work. So if you have money in the bank, it should be
1: put to work. Get your money working for you. Because now it's not your time anymore. Yeah, you're not you're- exchanging time for money. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you have your money working in the background. 100%. And that sounds like a concept that like is so far out of reach for so many people.
0: Especially people who might be listening thinking, okay, well, I'm earning €50,000 a year. My yeah. lifestyle is now costing me €52,000 yeah. a year. And
1: that's, and that's the error. Yeah. That's the error, you know. We live... Either outside our means, on the line of our means, or very, very, you know... Um,
0: we don't leave a lot of buffer room there. Yeah, we only,
1: exactly. We don't leave a lot of room. Um, and I think that's the f- fundamental attitude, perspective, action that we need to maybe consider and, and change. You need to, you know, really think about finances, give it importance, and... Um, Try to preserve enough that you can invest, and it might seem like such a small amount. It could be like two percent, four percent of your wage, which monthly seems so insignificant. Um, but as you invest that, and you tap into the power of compounding, um, which you know is referred to, I think by. Uh, Actually, Naval in this tweet storm as well. Yeah, it's something like time. it's like one of the you know laws of the universe, yeah. you know, one of the most beautiful laws. I think Einstein said that, and I think uh, Buffett said it. Uh,
0: the Buffett said it, I well, yeah. think
1: so, I think so. Well, Buffett, like, you know, it took him 60 years to make a couple of billion, and then from 60 to 80, he made 80 billion, <laughs> you know, and that, like, is the power of compounding. Yeah. And compounding just essentially means, like, you can invest in a blue-chip company, you know, that could be... A blue chip company is a company that's been around for a long, long time. So, um, fairly
0: stable, very well established. Very
1: stable, probably not going anywhere anytime soon. So, an example of that could be like Coca-Cola. Okay. You know, it could be like a, um, you know, Pepsi. It could be McDonald's, uh, companies that have been around for, I think, 100 years. Yeah. Uh, and have consistently given their investors between 6 9%, thereabouts, back every year. So the first year you put 100 euro in or you put a 1,000 euro in um, and you leave it in that stock and you don't touch it. At the end of that first year, you get paid between 6-9% back on your money. Um, so they pay you on top of your 1,000 at the end of the year and your 1,000 becomes whatever. What's a 8% of a 1,000? It's not, 80 quid. Something like that. So you have a 1,000, say, in 80 euro. So then you leave it for the second year And at the end of the second year, you get the 6% to 8% back on the 1,080 euro. So you get a little bit more, say it's 100. And then that builds on that. But over time, you know, fast forward 10 years and you are now getting 8% on a larger amount of money. Each year, it's actually grown. And that's compounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and it's the same. It can play compound in lots of things:
1: physical health, skill acquisition. Yeah, you know, you don't
0: need to do a thousand press ups tomorrow, but if you do ten every day for the next thousand days, you're gonna have significant improvements. Yeah. So, and that's actually a better way of doing it in many contexts. Yeah. Than one big massive effort or one big Definitely. huge investment or all in exactly. on something. Yeah. And
1: habit formation, you know, habit formation, Like James, habit James, James 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 Clear is massive on that. Yeah. Like, you think that if I'm trying to introduce a new behavior, um that if I just start really small, I'm going to get nowhere with it. But by actually starting really small and staying consistent with that, it's not a linear line. It yeah. kind of goes like, you know, up. Yeah. Goes slow and then up. And it really uh, grows exponentially. And um, it can yield massive results then after a while, you know. Yeah. that makes... It does
0: make perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ju- we jumped off to that point there, but there's another one I had on my page here. So it's it's a great point, that, yeah. comp- that idea of compounding. And again, I think... Because we've mentioned a couple of times here, um, the the uh, there is no such thing as the average person, but the the trap of thinking that even small changes now are never going to make a difference, especially if you are living paycheck to paycheck and and it's not a possibility. And I'm always careful when I'm talking about this because again, I know I know very little about this kind of stuff, so these are just ideas I'm exploring. But I'm I'm thinking about a person who is working paycheck to paycheck. I ask people a lot, usually in the context of health, do you think everybody can make this small change? And realistically even if it's 5 or 10 euro a week if you're thinking okay in a decade's time i want to be able to pull myself out of this position it might not happen in 6 months or 2 years cuz not everybody is fortunate enough to be able to have those breakout experiences or get that kind of luck
1: and a lot of the world lives in uh, in severe you know poverty absolutely where this is just not an option you know yeah. and that is changing and it's getting better but i completely acknowledge that this is not accessible to many, many people in the yeah. world and they really, you know, struggle 100%. with the income they have to even, yeah. you know, house themselves and feed themselves. So, um yeah, that's... But then I think I about, right, the listeners of this podcast, anyone who's yeah. listening to this, yeah. and this is
0: where, I again, I'm careful with this word privilege. I don't use the word privilege in the way it's used today. I don't subscribe to that model of check mm. your privilege and all that kind of stuff. I do subscribe to the model of if... Someone put it really well the other day, and I'm going to copy what they said in a different way. If you if you have time in your day to sit down and listen to this podcast or to read yeah. this tweet storm, you've got some time in your day. You're not under pressure to put food in your mouth right now because you're not yeah. literally at the using every second of your day to go out and plow the fields, for example. Yeah. So we have a lot of room in our lives and our days, even though life is hard. But people who listen to this podcast, our peers, people in this country in general, it's very generalization here could potentially have some wiggle room to maybe start thinking a little bit long term in terms of building this idea of wealth. This is what I'm trying to do at the moment in my mm-hmm. life. Okay, it's not going to happen overnight. I'm investing in my business. I'm investing yeah. in my personal skills. It's a long term view. Man, it's so slow and
1: it freaks yeah. me out every single day. If you go to uh, if you go to ask any, you know, developed investor, they all think in 10 years. Yeah, 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 which, is, which we back. hate
0: as humans. I know. Especially today. Yeah. That instant gratification. We, to to now.
1: we we want everything now. We want everything now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, if you live in Ireland, um, most likely you are in the 1%, <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, you're up there. We look and we say, oh, the 1% is all the billionaires. But when you actually take the global perspective, we live in a society that has healthcare. We We have good food. We have peace. Um, we have clean air. We have good education. We have good people. Um, like a lot of the world don't have that.
0: Do, do you know the, the exact figure? Because I heard it a while ago. Is it, is it like twelve or $15,000? If you earn twelve or $15,000 yeah. a year, over that, you're in the 1%. You're in, exactly. Unfortunately, guys, you are, you're in the 1%. You know,
1: and I, 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 I think Irish people have a habit of putting Ireland down. You know, the economy, the government. And I respect that. And I'm not saying there's no faults there, but I suppose for me, I lived in Vietnam for two years and that's a social communist country. Um, 20% of the people in the country have all the money. The other 80% are absolutely poor. So poor. Make very little. Live in tough conditions. Yeah, there's not a lot of middle class. No, man. there's not really middle class. 20% of the company, of the country, they have all the wealth, you know, essentially. And also, if I decide tomorrow I'm not happy about that and put up a, a, a post on Facebook about my, you know, uh, grievances or whatever but towards the government and complaining, uh, I'm probably going to get a knock on the door a few days later and, and I'm, you know, you're going to be heading out to the car, the car and Jesus. brought off. So, you know, being exposed to that environment and other environments. I travelled around Cambodia, you know, it's like the third most lawless country in the world or Is it, yeah. something like that. Wow. People are incredibly poor. I've had, you know, families, mothers and with their kids on the street with nothing begging me for food, begging me for money. Um, so, you know, to be exposed to them environments and them conditions and to come back to Ireland and just hear how many people complain about the conditions here. I don't think we really appreciate how well we have it in Ireland. You know, yeah. we have a very balanced environment. Weather-wise, yes, it gets really bad, but we don't have tropical thunderstorms. We don't have earthquakes. We don't have, you know, intense extremes. We don't have animals that can kill us. <laughs> you know, we, we're we very lucky to, to live where we live and to be born in the conditions we're born in. Um, and yes, if you're making like over 20,000 or 30,000, whatever, it might be tough and you might not feel like you have much at the end of the month because of the habits you've cultivated and the way we live in society. And also the rent situation here is just outrageous and that's worth noting um, and that really needs to be addressed. I don't have all the answers, but like, just want to, you know, um, empathize also. I'm not saying that the conditions are hard for people and it's not tough. I'm simply just offering perspective, you know, Um, from a global position and really how fortunate we are in many ways.
0: Oh, 1000%. yeah, And it's uh, it's a lovely way of of navigating that point, I suppose. A lovely way, because I've done a little bit of travel as well in poor regions in in Africa and stuff like that. And it is, because you mentioned Vietnam to me before, it is a real eye-opener. But it's like, I describe it as it's like when you're driving and you have a scare because you are checking your phone or doing something you should have been doing you have a bit of a scare it straightens you up for a couple of days you get more perspective but within a couple of days because you're in your own environment and you're yeah. comfortable and familiar you go back to your old habits of course. so you're right to say that you empathise as well because it's subjective we don't live in Vietnam or Cambodia exactly, and for exactly. some people here life subjectively is extremely difficult and rents are yeah. really high and uh, there, there's, there are definitely real problems here. Absolutely, But why I think this is exciting is because because we do live here, if we can gain a little bit of perspective, we ca- We have the opportunity to make some changes and potentially pull ourselves out of these difficult situations. Not everybody, but a lot more of us than the person in Cambodia yeah. who have even less of an opportunity to pull themselves out of bad Exactly, situations.
1: and that's the point. That's you know, the kind of point, yeah. yeah. We have more ability... And options to create the conditions that will make it more probable that we can move in that direction. Absolutely. You know, Um, and look at Irish people, I I, I get it, you know, you grow up in Ireland, you haven't probably been away too much and Ireland is all you know and that's really all you can go by. That's your world. That's your world and and that's what you're you're navigating. Yeah. And that's, I completely get it, you know. Um,
0: And especially because you're living your world and then you're going on social media and you're looking at people who just have it better than you. No wonder you're going to feel yeah. downtrodden and hard done by. Yeah. But perspective is massively important. It
1: is. And that could probably ties into the status, you know. And uh, Oh, nice uh, segue there. Yeah, I like, like you know, just the end the end point, like, we... It's our spending habits, you know, and how that really ultimately is linked to a status. Yeah. Um, an expression of status or a desire to increase our status or climb the status hierarchy and, you know... Prove ourselves in society. Yeah. What are your thoughts?
0: I like like how you carried that in here because my thoughts are very similar to the last point we just made about having empathy because definitely status is a problem. We've probably all at this stage seen the pictures of like wealthy versus uh, not wealthy and the wealthy people, they're not flash. It's like Steve Jobs, same clothes every single day, no jewelry, no flash cars, just does his thing. And then people with no money, nicest clothes, biggest watches. I know that it's it's built into our psychology to want to be valuable and to have status in society. It's natural and it's normal and it's not evil. But then I look at the other side of it and the people who are selling us things, like this is like when you're selling, I sell. Now, I'm not very good at it, but I sell. So I, I have I had to understand how to sell. And through understanding, I'm like, wow, this is this is a very powerful tool that can go either way because all you're doing when you're selling is leveraging somebody's psychology, their desire or need for something. And it could be for uh, purpose. It could be for housing, shelter, food, whatever. It could be for expression, creativity, whatever. You're tapping into it. You're tapping into that That's
1: what marketing is. It's what marketing is. You know, marketing, like they understand human psychology and behavior and they like uh, create campaigns that are very thoughtful and detailed that evoke emotional responses in us and create a desire to purchase. Exactly. You know, and that's the world we live in. That is you know, capitalism. So, this, to, to, to this point, a thought th- th- exercise. That's a phrase I stole from
0: Val. Thought <laughs> th- th- exercise for you, Darren. Yeah. Uh, if I'm in charge of a big corporation, right? Apple, whatever. And I want to sell stuff because I have to keep my shareholders happy and I'm running a business. I'm going to leverage everything I know about psychology to sell you something. As the consumer, I have a responsibility to not mindlessly consume everything. I like Apple products. I love Apple products actually. They make my job really easy here. They're very, very I can be very efficient with Apple products. Likewise, they're amazing. They're amazing. But if I get caught in that hedonic treadmill of needing the next product, that's my fault. Exactly. Now I find that a lot of us immediately point the finger at capitalism. But Mm. capitalism creates this environment where we can constantly innovate and make our lives better. And let's not flute flute around here it's the best time to be alive in the history of ever is right now but we have more psychological and mental health issues than ever before because we don't know how to handle people who understand our psychology better than we do so if Apple is selling me something I want it man because they know exactly how to tell me that it's going to make my life better and they
1: have teams of experts experts that have put countless hours and brainstorming and details into you know, optimizing these strategies to appeal to people, to get people to buy exactly. and to sell their product in a way that is appealing.
0: And while that might be, because some people will say, well, it's all driven by greed. Why do these people need so much money? Yeah. Well, it might be driven by shareholder greed at the very source of it. Yeah. I feel that if we can understand our own um, instincts for, for for this need for status and approval, then we have a better chance of navigating that world. And capitalism, we can live in a capitalist society Mm. without needing the latest iPhone if it's going to compromise everything we just spoke about at the start, our own sense of freedom, if it's going to put us under pressure because we bought the iPhone 13, now we're like, we're... 500 quid away every yeah. month from hitting our bottom line because we have to pay all of our yeah. bills too. So if exactly. we can understand that, which I feel like a good lesson from the Val is that as well, yeah. don't get wrapped up in the games of status.
1: And needing the best stuff. Needing the best stuff. My stu- my phone broke there a few weeks ago, and I, I got a new phone, and it's a second-hand uh, iPhone 11. Does it work? Know? It's great. Like yeah. It does a job, you know? And I, I was on Android, and I've got back to the Apple world, and I kind of thought about, you know what, will I get the new one? You know, I get the latest one, and apparently, once then I can feel that like desire in me, but then I'm like, ah, look, I don't really need it, and I'm going to just roll with this for the moment. Um, and just to touch on status, like, it is a very status is a desire that we all have. I think it's a very human um, desire, it's a biological, it's an instinct. You know, it's an instinct, and um, I do think there's a spectrum. Um, and it's something I've struggled with myself because, like, I spent a year off Instagram there, and like, generally my attitude over the last years is to not be um involved with social media because I just found I have a better headspace without having to manage that. Um because of how it stimulates my thinking. Um so, you know, you post a picture on Instagram, you're first of all portraying yourself in a certain way, whether you know it or you don't know it. You're sending a message, you're saying, this is who I am. I'm Darren who does handstands. That's I'm a handstander, or I'm Darren at a festival. I'm a festival goer. You know, we're we're constantly communicating something there. And, you know, it's funny how even with the awareness, your mind gets tricked into like, oh, how many likes do I have? You know, and how validating that can be and, and that sense of validation. Um and then that just seems to like populate a lot of a lot of these thoughts or that go to this whole you know, status and perception of yourself and society. And it seems unavoidable in ways, but, you know, and Carl Newport talks about this many other people, and that's why they don't engage with social media. But I do think it's a spectrum, you know, and I, I, for me personally, I'm in a place of like, you know, managing it as best I can, having awareness over it, and trying my best not to fall into that, but also actually wanting to engage in uh, Instagram and, you know, be a bit more um, present uh, in the online world. Um, for reasons that we can discuss and we have discussed about like growing opportunity and it actually ties into mm. this tweet storm and how to get rich. Um, but on the extreme end of that spectrum, I think that people literally will buy all the clothes and be on Instagram obsessively in a way that they're trying to craft out their, their, their ideal self in this social status world you know, and portray themselves in a certain way and buy the things, you know, they're almost obsessively thinking about in a way that um, enables them to climb that social status, whether they're aware of it and whether or not it's like their biological desire is being hacked um, which it's designed to do, you know, Instagram, all these social platforms it's basically our brains against supercomputers, you know, that know how to grab our attention and manipulate us and access our desires. <laughs> um, so that, that's just something I want to
0: Yeah, now, no, yeah, mention. 100%. And the key thing you said there at the very end was awareness. And I think why this, this uh, why Naval mentions this, it's like it's the second one or something, isn't it, in the, in the tweets storm, the status, second uh, or third, it's up near the top anyway. Yeah. I, I think why he mentions this, I think, is because he's bringing awareness to the fact that that's not actual status, If you chase that, it's a recipe for disaster. It it puts you right back in the category of chasing the money as opposed to creating the wealth. And it it pulls your attention off what you should be doing. And I think that if you have awareness of that, it doesn't make it any easier because you have awareness and I have awareness of that game. And a lot of people listening here have awareness of that game. And it doesn't make it any easier because you still get the call. The hand still goes to the phone. You still compare yourself to other people. But if you're aware, at least you can, at the point where you're about to make a decision, You can then go, "Ah," like you with the phone. I don't need that new phone. You're not mindlessly
1: led by that. Exactly. It's not an impulse thing. It's not an impulse. You feel the impulse to do. But you you can control the, sometimes, the action. Yeah. Or at least, you don't act on the impulse straight away. You let it sit for a few days. You um, let it simmer and you arrive at a more balanced conclusion or decision as opposed to like the emotional impulse to purchase or to take the action, whether it's, a social uh, status action or whatever um, and not reacting to that straight away. Yeah. Giving a a bit of space.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And I think like if you don't chase that status, what else are you doing then? You create real value. In my opinion, this is how I interpret this. If you're not spending all your time and money and effort on chasing status, you actually redirect all that energy into maybe building assets or creating a business yeah. or building a better relationship with your family or um, your own personal health or there's a million other things you then redirect that energy yeah. into because now you're not chasing the Beamer or the bigger house yeah. or the latest iPhone, which are all, as you said before, yeah. fine if they're within that healthy, healthy circle of yeah. what you can control, what you can consciously think about and what you can actually afford yeah. while not compromising your lifestyle.
1: Yeah, and a perspective for me that like really helps maybe humble me or ground me when I get caught in that trap sometimes, which I do, uh, is like just knowing how insignificant my existence is, you know. <laughs> I, love, I love that. <laughs> like it really is, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 Like you get caught up in living and you think that life is everything, yeah. but you think you are everything. You you are everything. And you yeah. kind of are, you know, we're the center of our own universe as we think about ourselves the most. Um, but like, you know, if you live to 80, like it's a great age, but in the grand scheme of things, like, there's a hundred years, a thousand years, it's just nothing. Mm. You know, like... like
0: Within two generations, it'll essentially be forgotten.
1: Like, like it's... We'll be doing well, probably, if our grandchildren know our first name. Yeah. We'll be doing well if our great-grandchildren know us or have any idea of us, you know? Yeah. When they grow old. Maybe that is different with the paper trail on, on media and the internet. They can dig in. But will they? But will they, you know? And... Like, yes, we have a drive for legacy and, you know what, you get a, you do well and you have a, you know, something, a book behind you or, you, you know, best case, say you get like a statue that's left behind of you. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, and it's just known that, God, like life is going to come to an end and like really, like we are so small and, yeah, you know, in a 500 years or 200 years or 300 years. We can be pretty sure that everyone in the world that exists now is not gonna be alive then. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, if Elon has a baby might we might, yeah, not, we might and, all be living it. In... And that's
1: the one kind of yeah. yeah point that maybe might change that, but for the most part. Yeah. Um so that helps maybe <laughs> it's a very extreme point, but um
0: No, it's not because it's 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 um it's like the deathbed conundrum. It's it's the same thing. It's the the insignificance of having all of those status symbols all of yeah. that money the cliches if you can't take it which in are you going to retire at 60 or 65 and what you got you, you have no energy mm. to spend the money doing yeah. the things you want to do again it pulls us back to the, the start and finish which I'll, I'll actually i'll mention the finish yeah. tweet now in this um uh, with because it caps it nicely with the start one obviously we're going to go back through a lot of yeah, these other yeah tweets. yeah uh, but seek wealth, not money because if you seek money all those cliches you can't mm. take it which etc what are you doing the wealth gives you time to have yeah. more richer experiences while you're here exactly that's all that really matters spend
1: time with your family spend time with literally people you literally all that matters spend time with yourself and cultivate your own interests yeah. and that's what it's important and that perspective I said there about our insignificance helps me focus on the important details in life that I want to strive for maybe sometimes when I get caught in the trap of social status yes you know and, and that occupies my mind then maybe I might get lost and then I'm thinking about it for the day and you know, I, I, I realise, oh, I'm thinking about that, it's occupying my mind, I want to kind of get away from that. That kind of perspective can help me see through that, smoke and mirrors, and realise that's not what I want. That's not what's important, really. Yeah, You know, like I don't I, I don't care that much about <coughs> status and perception of myself in society or whatever. This is what I care about, Yeah, you know, spending time how I want to spend it, with the people I want to spend it with, doing the things I want to do, and, you know, really, hopefully being able to add value back on my journey, you know, and if people can listen to this and get some value, that's amazing, Yeah, you know? and that, to me, is the kind of desires I have, ultimately. Well, I'm going
0: to challenge one thing you said there, not challenge the point, but just challenge the way you said it. Yeah, please. Because you do care what people think, but, but you whether, don't care of if they think... It, you don't actually care about what they think of your, your phone or your clothes. You care about what they think of you as a person, as a communicator, yes, I as do. a friend. I as do, support. I consider that. That's the instinct. You you want to have actually, value in the community. And <coughs> but your value is not Excuse tied me. to your possessions or your money, look, which, which is the fallacy.
1: It's a lie. Definitely. Oh, Care what other people think is a biological drive driver as well it's behaviour we all have and we can't avoid that and that exists on a spectrum as well
0: and that's why all this other stuff works the hedonic treadmill and the new iPhones that's why it works because it's leveraging the fact that we do care
1: we care about what other people think because for most of history our survival depended on it 100% we we operate in tribes that we needed to fit in and therefore we had to put attention and consideration into how we were viewed in the tribe what other people thought of us to ensure our safety and survival because if we acted out and we didn't fit in, we are going to be you're like, turfed out. you're kicked out. Yeah. And if you're kicked out of a trial, you're dead. you're dead. And we haven't changed too much on a biological level. Our brains haven't really changed too much when you like look at the wider time span. So we're still reacting in that way. We still think in that way. And that's why we get so caught up in thinking about what other people think. And I think it exists on a spectrum, you know, but it exists in all of us. Some people are obsessive about it They're paranoid, et cetera. I've been there. I've been in that place I when I was younger. Have, yeah. I think we all have. Um and some people manage it better. But that is a, a detail that um exists in all of us and should do. You know, I do care what other people think. I care what my friends think, I care what my family think, people that are important to me, how I fit into their lives, yes, that matters to me. I give that consideration, I empathize with it, I try to, you know, improve myself and Work on my flaws when they show up, which they do, you know, and yeah. uh, that's where I think it has importance um, for me. So yeah, um, yeah, I think I think again, I I, I like to
0: try and pare these down to the fundamental yeah, principles, yeah. which is because we keep circling around right, that point right. again, which is which is great because that's why that's why I love these conversations because it's pulling it out. Both <laughs> yeah, us, like yeah. we're actually thinking about this stuff. Hmm. Um, And having the awareness, which is why I made the point about the awareness, that you will feel like that. You do care what people think. If you're aware of it, you're not a slave to it. And that's the problem. When you become a slave to those drivers, it's easy to sell you the latest thing. Because you're just a slave to your fear. Exactly. Whereas if you can understand, okay, I'm going to feel fear here because people might not laugh at me because I don't have the nicest clothes. And then you realize that's actually horseshit. Only thing people actually remember is was
1: I was I sound. Yeah. Did How did I you make them, them feel? How did I make them feel? That's all they care yeah. about. Look, Danny, you have a conversation with someone in the street and you walk away and you can't remember the content of the conversation. Yeah. Very yeah. little. You might take away a few key bits, just like when you read a book, you don't remember what yeah. you read in the last page. You can't take all them details. I that back. I was just me. <laughs> did I actually read that's, this book? Like you know, that's memory. Like yeah. you know, if I pick out a conversation I had last week with a friend or even the weekend, I cannot like. Maybe a couple of details out of the conversation, but we remember how we felt. Yeah, we remember how people make us feel. That's very potent, uh, and yeah. that's what I think we really vividly remember. Um, so I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, you were
0: you were kind of reinforcing that, that point yeah. there. about it's it's not about all the stuff. Yeah, it, it's about how you make people feel. Yeah. and it's normal to want to make people feel good because of the points you mentioned about the tribe. Yeah, but having the awareness is everything and yeah. it, why why he talks about status I believe and I think you believe is to try and bring our awareness to the the thing that everybody says all yeah. the time. It's not about money, money won't make you happy. Mm. And we still all go chasing it. Exactly.
1: Just it's, like we chase likes. Just you know? like we chase likes and like same imp- system. How important they are, you know. When you put a picture out there you're you're like almost looking back, being like, oh has it got any likes? How many is it? And it's got? real. And it's re- so real. And like, that's just a perfect example of what we're talking about. That's validation. That's yeah. like validation of you in society. That's that you fit in, you're good enough. That's an expression of that. Yeah. And that's the human behavior condition that we give that so much importance. Yeah. It's so ridiculous in a way, you know, how many likes we get on a photo or a, a, whatever, something we say. But at the same time, you know, it's tapping into a very real... um phenomenon in us
0: yeah and I, I always laugh about this because Brian said this to me once maybe a year ago you're going to die you feel like you're going to die and people laugh and sometimes they say if you don't get the likes on Instagram you feel your body thinks you are going to die because you're you're interpreting that in your brain as the tribe hasn't accepted me I'm going to be kicked yeah. out and I'm going to die if the if if uh, people laugh at you when you walk into a room because your shoes aren't the fa- Exactly. I'm going to die. Same so, figure. all your brain knows yeah. is, fuck, this guy's going to die. So, yeah. what do you get? You get pumped full of adrenaline and cortisol. Exactly. You're anxious. Your brain and your body were primitive little walking sacks yeah. of meat. We don't know the difference. Mm. We think we're going to die yeah. with all these little social triggers. So, again, yeah. having the awareness and then generating some kind of tools like I know we talk a lot about breath work and all this kind of stuff but some sort of system that you have to manage it and give yourself space from those thoughts so your brain doesn't go shit he's dying man he's fucking dying pump it up here get it going and you get that elevated heart rate and you're flushed and you're sweating and you don't want to go into work it's like that it's so quick Immediate. You know? And I know everyone yeah. listening is familiar because this is Definitely. a daily occurrence to me.
1: I've talked about it a few times, but like when I, you know, as a teenager, even as an adult, uh, you're in a group of friends and you make a joke and no one laughs, yeah. you know, and your I'm intention, die. like that reaction to people not laughing can be very powerful. Devastating. Devastating. Like you really feel like all them yeah. hormonal changes that you just mentioned getting activated, like and you're uneasy and you go into like a nearly like flight and yeah. <laughs> flight kind of oh, you, mode, you know, on some level, like yeah, uh, it could be mild, it could be powerful, but. But think about the
0: trajectory that could set you on for the rest of your life then. Yeah. And you, you start to, you enter a negative feedback loop, you start, or positive feedback loop in a negative way, you start to reinforce that for yourself. Yeah. And nobody likes me, you isolate yourself from society, you don't talk to people, you shut yourself away, yeah. you consume more content and. Again, I'm not trying to be alarmist here, but we look at today and wonder why society struggles with mental health and, and anxiety and all this kind of stuff. And everything I talk about in all these different podcasts, every conversation we have, we kind of always come back to these core principles. Yeah. Sebastian Younger talks about it. We're creating a community where we get these negative experiences that set us off on a negative trajectory. We don't have the... Because if this happened, if this happened when we were in, in these small tribes, right, and I did something that pissed the group off, it's going to be corrected very quickly. Someone will pull me aside or the group will, will will force me to correct course. And I most, nine times out of 10, I'll correct course because I realize oh, I should have done something here. Fuck, the, the, the tribe is reacting here. So immediately, I, I modify my behavior. Whereas today, we don't know how to modify. Like you make a joke, no one laughs. How do you be funnier? Now, that isn't a signal that the tribe is going to kick you out, you're not going to die, but you you go into this anxiety I'm going to die, and you perpetuate that then and you've no real kind of circuit breaker to pull you back out, to get you back on course again, because we don't have community around us to make sure we're okay, and we we've it's very easy to isolate ourselves nowadays, because we're focused on our own job and our own school and everybody kind of just goes on and assumes everybody else is alright, while they're dealing with their own shit, this is a, a typical kind of conversation point around mental health everybody thinks everyone else is doing great so they ignore everyone else, they can't see everybody else's cry for help or distress or sadness and they focus on themselves perpetuating their own cycle of despair and anxiety and everyone else doing it too yeah. whereas it, that didn't used to happen because the tribe would correct it you, you couldn't exist in isolation in a tribe mm-hmm. because you were part of the hunting um, party or the farming group or the child raising group or the, there was always you were part of a, t- a system and they, they would correct, the system would correct you. Whereas nowadays it doesn't because we're all individuals. So we don't have that community system to to, to rely on, which is why I get so excited when I come across resources like this,
1: like this tweet, dump mm. from the Val.
0: We're only two second points in. That's
1: cold. We haven't even got to the second point, have we? we? We kind of touched the status, the status. It's like understand the ethical wealth. So understand that ethical wealth creation is possible. If you secretly despise wealth, it will elude you. Um, yeah, we, I think we brushed on this a little bit because we did about attitude in society, negative connotations. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and and it tends to be tends to be those of us who don't have money are the loudest yeah. uh, campaigners against money and capitalism yeah. because it's 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 the cause. Money must be the root of our unhappiness. Yeah, and it's actually not.
1: It's the lack of understanding exactly. and awareness we just exactly. spoke about and education around you know from a young age. But like, I think it's incredibly important to understand that money is not evil yeah money is just money it's what people do with it that makes it evil it's leverage it's leverage and when money goes into the wrong hands then it gets expressed in that way and it's so easy for us to just blame money you know
0: well I give you my my, because this one touches home with me Mm. and from from me like selling my service for example. I I had a bad relationship with money for whatever reason, societal or cultural reason, and didn't necessarily follow the traditional pathway in my career choices, I suppose. So never had a good foundation or understanding of money and often felt dirty as a creative person asking you coming in here for consultation for money because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm becoming part of the problem then. I'm asking this person for money. They're going to think, oh, Dan is not even here to help me. He's just here to take my money. So that was a mindset I really had to work on yeah. a lot. I had to knowing, identify it. Knowing
1: your word, yeah. knowing your value. You helped me with this as well. And I
0: certainly... The- yeah, you pointed this out to me before as well when I, I told you I was, I was like struggling to, to talk about money to my yeah. customers. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started to think about this and and these, these people like Naval and stuff like that and having conversations with people like yourself. And this idea of ethical wealth creation, I absolutely know in the core of me that everything I do in my business, for example, is to help this person. This person comes in because they have something they want. They want to express themselves, start a podcast, create content, get out there, explore Mm. our world, create value. And I fundamentally know I can help you with that. But I'm terrified to ask you for the energy exchange because I think it makes me a bad person. So I'm blaming money for that interaction. But I know I'm not trying to take your money. No. I'm trying to get you to invest energy in me so we can build yeah. a relationship so I can help you with what you need to help. A
1: part of it. But also like, you know, I'm offering you a service. I'm giving up my time. I'm adding value to your life. and you know, Adding value. I That's need it. I need to be able to live off this. Yeah. You know, I need to be able to provide for... You need to be able to provide for your family. Yeah. You need to be able to like live comfortably. You want to be able to you know, enjoy life. And money is an important component of that. And you're after taking a massive leap to go off and start all this by yourself and you're adding value. And, you know, firstly, it's important that you get rewarded for that. Yes, it does change the psychological dynamic when you charge someone, they're a bit more involved, you get more of their energy. And that's evident in the, if you look at online free courses, like 10% of people complete uh, a free course that they start online. But when you pay for something, whether it's a ten or whether it's fifty, usually more the pet you pay, the the more you're invested. The more you're psychologically invested. Psychologically invested. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's that psychological in, in engagement that's really important. And that's an added plus, you know, but you deserve to get rewarded for what you're doing. You're yeah. you're paying rent here in a studio, you're mm-hmm. setting this up, you have to put all your time, your energy, you have a space, you're offering a service. And if people want to use it, you know, they should pay. <laughs> Ultimately. Yeah.
0: And I think about it even further, because I have great points. The, the, the less pressure I'm under financially, the yeah. better I'm able to invest my energy into my clients. Exactly. So the, there's a better service, yeah. the less pressure I'm under. The yeah. more pressure I'm under. And this is another thing we, we didn't, we kind of touched on. If I'm panicked or under pressure and I'm like desperate, I'm going to be, it's all going to be about the money then. Yeah. And I've, we've all dealt with that type of a service where we Definitely. know they just need the money and they need yeah. it now. And I'm not saying that I'm not in that position. It's a new business, it's a startup, but. I know that I'm trying to have the awareness around that. It's not about the money now. It's about the the energy and the quality of the service I can give you. And if does if you pay me for that, I can give you even more of my time. And the massive mistake I made at the start and still I'm making now is saying yes to everything for nothing all yeah. the time, trying to keep everybody happy and not acknowledging the point you just made there. I have commitments to my family, to the business. like. People often talk about when you start up a company, the company is a separate entity and you have a responsibility yeah. to that company. So it's not me. Yeah. I now have a responsibility to feed this company
1: yeah. and it eats money. <laughs> it needs money to survive. Exactly. And look, you have a desire to make money. You know, of course. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we all have that. And it exists. I, mean, I have a desire Welt. to make money. Well, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not like uh, it's the leading reasoning behind what you're doing and right. I really don't think that is for you I really don't it was don't. probably one of the, to my to my fault yeah. it was one of the lowest exactly but it, it deserves importance um, and in saying all this that's not to say that if I had a service or when I have a service or whatever oh, it it's is coming ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> you know like I'm offering something you know that is not to say that if someone comes to me and they can't afford it and I really think that they want it and they need it or could help them I'm more than happy to make exceptions to that, you know. I want to be able to ultimately provide value and help people, you know. But like, making money is important.
0: Yeah, and I love that point you just made there because I was thinking about this this morning. Boat Naval and, you know, um, Hormozy, is it, it's Alex Hormozy, isn't it? He's, he's blown up lately. He's a he's a, uh, a businessman. He's a serial investor as well. But both of those people, they're like the almanac of Naval Ravikant is a book not written by Naval. I can't remember the artist. name. That was
1: name. a guy. He was a fan, wasn't he? was him? a fan, but he put
0: together the tweet storm and a lot yeah. of podcasts and stuff by Naval and it's available as an audiobook It's free. Yeah. And Alex Ramosi's book, uh, I think, is it $100 million offers or something like that? It's either a, a, a dollar or it's free as well because they've now, they don't need the money so to, from the books they want to give the value now I could be way wrong here there could be some really hidden under underneath um, kind of hidden tactic from them here but I don't believe so if they're in a position now where they they don't need the money anymore so now they can comfortably provide that value to us for free to help us and bring us up raising our, our rising tide raises all ships and all that because they're not desperate for the money anymore. They've created their wealth in their lives and now they can give way more of themselves. And it goes back to that old principle of put your own oxygen mask on first, like I talk about with health and everything else. It's the yeah. same thing with this. It's really important to not view this having money or wealth as evil because it it facilitates you. It puts you in a position where you can help more people. Yeah. Now, you made the great point that not everybody has that. Um uh, has that. Motive. No. Some people are just out to make more and more and more and have more and more power. It's an egotistical... Yeah, which I also understand.
1: I get it. I yeah. get how people get there. They, I feel like they, you know, fall into the trap of greed and, and the social game. Yeah. You know, the status yeah. game. Like, they're really exactly. deep in that. They're very
0: deep in the things yeah. we talked about at the start. Yeah. yeah. Very deep. They're not look, looking for the latest iPhone 13. They're no. looking to own yeah. power yeah. and be able to have... A exactly. ...massive leverage over multiple groups yeah. of people.
1: And it's a delicate... Um, position to be in you know like money gives you power and power can be a very power corrupts. yeah it does like it can be a very seductive yeah. uh, uh, position and i think that that then produces more greed for more power and that cycle then um can be an obsessive yeah. pursuit as well and I've read that before, like, you know, if you want to know who controls the world, look where all the money is, you know? Yeah. Like, look where the highest percentages of money are. Like, we kind of think that, we look at society and we think Elon Musk is the richest person in society, but I don't believe that, you know? We have, like, major, major companies that, like, produce weapons and guns and oil and, you know, all these um products or materials or whatever that just yield and generate obscene amount of money yeah that and these is, people don't want to be known as no poster boys no, for this right exactly guy. and they're not you know a lot of them are you know groups or whatever and um, conglomerates yeah, yeah conglomerates and that just own a bizarre amount of companies and yeah. umbrella companies and um that's real power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like there's that phrase corporation doesn't
0: new superpower, but it's yeah. even I think it's even a layer deeper than that. I don't know like, too deep yeah. into the conspiracy of it. No, no but and
1: it's it is a spectrum it's as a well. Do you clip. know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. and that, that that spectrum of wealth uh, is a spectrum of power as well. Yeah. You know, like and you can exist in that spectrum if you have you know, you going out and challenging someone on the street to run down the street naked for a thousand euro, you know, that's yeah, like is there in power and like probably wouldn't take it too long to to find someone to participate. Yeah.
0: And isn't it funny, like, cause you see you see all these um these uh, creative pieces in society reflect and mirror this constantly. Like the latest one, Squid Game, was a great example of it. Did you watch Squid Game? Yeah, great. Like when when, when money is no longer the thing, someone like Naval or Hamosi gives free value and tries to yeah, help other people. Yeah. But other people it's the it's not that the pursuit of money is not enticing or exciting anymore. They're looking for something else to get their kicks and their trails off. So it usually becomes things that are very um, taboo, like human human games and things like that. Yeah. It, that. that things that are not accessible to other people, but mm. because you've so much power, and as you said, you will find someone who will run animals. Down, exotic animals, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You know? You'll find someone who will run down the street for a thousand quid everywhere. So it's just a, a more extreme version of that, yeah. and when you have the money, that, that and the power, that becomes, I can imagine, very attractive to a certain part Completely. of the lizard brain, that yeah, ultimate that dominance, brain. the yeah. reptile brain, um, especially that that need for dominance and uh, ultimate control. Yeah. I can I can only imagine because I'm not in a position to, to be able to. Um, but that's to in all of up. us. It's in all of us. And it's in is, all Peterson of us. talks about this yeah, as well. Like
1: that's the, the reptilian brain, like yeah. the, the the first um, part of their brain that was developed. Um, So none
0: of us are immune to this. No. None of us are immune, which is a very important lesson to generate this awareness. Because if at our level we can generate this awareness, if and when we start to develop our own forms of wealth, we'll have grown into it with this awareness. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we will become the type of people who want to pass along the good fortune that we've built for ourselves through helping or educating other people. Mm. That's my hope. but. I've never been offered hundred million euro before, so I can't exactly. tell you categorically it wouldn't change me. Yeah. And I've seen, I've, i I, I, I'm almost afraid of the potential that that could ever happen because that yeah. would test me on a fundamental level of my human. No being. doubt
1: it would test anybody. Yeah, you know, and that's um yeah, that's delicate, <laughs> very delicate. Yeah, yeah. But
0: Naval, true again, that's why I'm really excited about this. He's trying to, to yeah. explain to us the pitfalls. So, we can not necessarily avoid them, but navigate them. Yeah. I like that. Not not avoid them because they're there. Navigate them exactly navigate them a bit better. They're unavoidable. Yeah. I would they're say. They're part of
1: the journey. Yeah. yeah. Unavoidable is a word, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what should <we> call <laughs> I should be called out now. I was like, is it unavoidable? No. No, it's unavoidable. Uh, unavoidable. <laughs> unavoidable. Definitely unavoidable. Grand. Um, do you want to move on to another one? So, yeah, the next one there is. Um, this is gone down, well, man. It is. Yeah, really. I'm enjoying it anyway. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, and it's provoking a lot of thinking for yeah. me. Um So, Ignore, ignore people playing status games. They gain status by attacking people playing wealth creation games. That's the next point he makes. Oh. Um, so that really touches on a lot we're talking about. You know, you, you. I think we all know when someone is playing in a status game, and um, or a lot of the time, um, and he's just making the point that they gain status by attacking people playing wealth creation games. I'm not. What's your Initial thoughts and My initial
0: thoughts uh, it's it rings really familiar to me outside of the context of the, fun, the the money world we're talking about here now. In everything, anybody who disagrees with or is potentially living their life in a way that's um, in contradiction to the way you're living your life, say me and you have different different political different political views. Or religious views The easiest way for me In my head And in the head of all my cronies To justify my lifestyle Is to undermine your lifestyle So yeah. I always look at that As a point Of um, in, in any conversation I'm having Or in a group of friends whatever yeah. that. I always look I look out for that If the only way You're justifying well, number one, if you feel like you have to justify the way you're living, there's a problem there for me. Number two, if the only way you're doing that is by trying to undermine me in front of other people, I generally assume you've got nothing else to say about it. So I try not to rise yeah. to the I don't always succeed, but I try yeah. not to rise to the
1: And it, it, it kind of brings to mind um, Carol Dweck's research. She's a, she's a psychologist and she studies like uh, growth mindsets versus fixed mindsets. Oh, you know? okay. I like that. So like a fixed mindset is uh, uh, thinking you are who you are and that's a rigid identity. So I am this person and that, you know, I think puts us in a position of ego and a growth mindset is um, essentially thinking that you're change, you're, you're malleable, you can change, you can grow, you can learn new things that you're not who you are, like who you are right now doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be you in five years. You're growing and changing. And she done some research around this um, and one example of one of the uh, experiments is she followed a. Uh, kids in a classroom and in one group she told them how how smart you were when they done a ta- they done a task, she gave them a task and you're so smart, you're so intelligent, you know? Um and the other group she said, Oh, you're such a hard worker after you've done it. You're such a hard worker. So the kids unknowingly identified with that. And on the next task, she gave it was a bit harder. And the kids group who were told are smart and intelligent when they went to do the task and it was too hard, they actually um, gave up because their attitude was that they're intelligent and they're smart, and that challenged that um, perception and made them feel unintelligent or in <laughs> <laughs> didn't make them feel so smart, and they backed off to protect their ego. Um, and in the group that were told like, "Oh, you're hard workers," they identified with being hard workers, so they actually, that was their perception and therefore they worked harder and actually got through the task. That's really interesting. Um, And then, like, this has been repeated many times and I think the groups have been followed over a long period of time, like, and these kind of, you know, words and uh, input uh, really influence us in how we actually engage in social interactions, our probability for success in life, in social groups, in... uh, you know, other domains as well that don't, you know, can't bring them all to mind, but very interesting. I definitely recommend it. There's a great uh, article that is like growth versus um, fixed mindset on uh, Brian Pickens, I think.com is the name of the website. And that just ties into maybe what we're talking about, the status game. It's like when you have that rigid ego mindset, um, then it's like you against everyone else. And there's not enough room for everyone to win and someone can't be better than you, and someone can't be, you know, positioned higher than you, like, uh, you you play this defensive, protective game, as opposed to, like, you know, the growth mindset. There's enough room for everyone to succeed. There's enough room for everyone to do well. And not only that, if I see someone doing better than me, that's not a threat. That's an opportunity to get information and lessons and expand, you know. And um, that's really, I think, that mindset is very favorable and conducive um, to us getting to that place of, you know, well-generation that we're striving for. (laughs) I'm going to cut that bit by itself. It's a really powerful.
0: That's very, very powerful what you just said there. This idea of the ego. And I'm very familiar with this over the last couple of years. I know we talk a lot about maybe psychedelics and self-journeying and stuff like that as well. And a lot of it is to do with this phrase I heard, ego dissolution. Breaking down that sense of identity that has essentially been programmed into us by our years on this planet, which isn't us. And you use a you have used a couple of times a beautiful phrase: "and um, strong opinions loosely held." Yeah, that's so powerful because it doesn't mean you have to be subservient to everybody else. And you 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 believe what you believe, and you 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 can talk about it, and you can explore it, and you can justify it, and you can you can challenge people with your. But it, it doesn't. It's not linked with your identity. And I'm very familiar And I'm sure everybody listening is When someone disagrees with something I say I feel it as a physical blow to my identity Yeah, That's something I believe It's how I live my life Of course, it challenges it that It challenges that
1: Especially when you're in the fixed mindset Especially you know? and, and, and even when you're not, you feel it Oh, 100% you know? yeah.
0: I'm, like, I'm very aware of this now mm. And again, I keep saying this I still feel it But now I have an awareness of it yeah, And I'll be working on this for the rest, rest of my life so it's still there. It never goes away. I will always feel that, but now I have an awareness. So every now and again, yeah. I catch myself, and someone will say something, and my immediate—I re- I want to react. And every now and again, now because I'm a bit better at it, I don't immediately react. And sometimes I do. Yeah. But every now and again, I'm like, maybe they have a point.
1: Yeah. And if if they do
0: or they don't, let me just sit with this for a second. Exactly. And now yeah. I respond.
1: And also, you know. In many ways, we're kind of powerless to our reactions in the moment and how we respond. Um, but I think where the real power is, is how we respond and react to our reactions or an interaction. Yeah. So sometimes I'm in, in an interaction with someone and we're maybe getting not caught up in a debate or whatever. And like I have a strong opinion and I'm, you know, caught up in it. And he get challenged by the person and I might react in the moment, emotionally, internally, whatever. But then come away from it, I reflect and be like, oh, that was a really good point. And I look into that look into it and i change my mind like i i love changing my mind on things and if i look at myself you know a few years ago and some of the opinions i had they were wrong and um you know it's important to revisit your thoughts and opinions and and everything and not become so attached to them i think like that's the downfall when we, we we become so attached to a view an opinion then like we're just in this singular lane of like seeing that as being absolute as opposed to like I could be wrong with everything I say and everything I have opinions on. And like by not being too it, attached gives us the room to consider other perspectives and opinions and and that's more favorable to grow as well, I think. Yeah, this is brilliant. I love this. And I'm laughing for two reasons. One, <laughs> you're going to find this very funny because I'm going to tell people I'm right now.
0: This happened with us and you challenged me on something one day. Do you remember? I can't remember exactly what you said. You said, uh, oh, uh, I I was getting a bit irritable. And you were like, you're getting a bit irritable or something there, Dan? And I immediately reacted. I was like, no, I'm not fucking irritable. And I was clearly irritable. And I I immediately reacted emotionally. And then I went away and thought about it. And I was like, he was hundred percent right there, and yeah. I remember we went for a walk down a couple of yeah. weeks later. And you
1: mentioned it, and
0: like I had to say it. I was like, "Fair play." Yeah, but you know? and that was—it was hard to do because I felt like I was undermining myself. Yeah, and my initial reaction—it's like, And it's vulnerability. You it's know? vulnerability. Yeah, and like Jale, my folks will laugh about this. I don't even know if i will be playing football. Like, I don't go around looking for fights, but if somebody starts something or yeah. says something, I react like that.
1: And I'm like that as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. I when when someone I, I can get really sucked into. verbal confrontation if the circumstances are right and I feel like someone's attacking me or whatever. Big time, yeah. um, To to my detriment sometimes. That
0: was to my detriment because what I was going to say was the fault, the interaction we had then because you you were very, um, very, what's the word I'm looking for here, open and uh, kind with how you, because I apologised, And you were very, very kind in the way you accepted my apology and didn't make me feel stupid or bad about it. And then I had a massive growth experience from that, from our interaction afterwards, because it's like, right, I I was irritable. So now I have to... Explore why I was irritable And I explored that We, we spoke about it Because like, yeah. I, was, I was dealing With some stuff in my and head And it's fine
1: Yeah You know what I mean Like like sometimes we, we show up Irritated We show up emotional We show up upset Angry Frustrated Like that happens you Most know? of the time we do A lot of the day Exactly, yeah. exactly. But so, I linked that With my, my yeah. identity Yeah
0: but then when we were able to have a chat about it, I, I, as a result, now I'm more aware in mm. future, okay, if there's something wrong with me going into this. And I was in a mindset. I was in yeah. a mindset of, 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 I can't remember, it was panic or something like that about something that was going on in a project. And now I can be aware of that. And now I know, right, if I'm going to have a conversation with Darren, am I bringing biases and emotions into this conversation? And if he says something that's going to trigger yeah. me, can I give it space and go, yeah. do you know what, man? you're actually right there because yeah. everything is going to benefit.
1: And we're always bringing bias in. That's yeah. We can't not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're so biased in so many ways. There's hundreds of biases uh, that we fall 100 uh, into the trap of. But I really respect... Sorry, uh didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, but. I interrupted you. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I uh, respect is the fact that you reflected on that and, you know, you felt the want to bring it up in conversation and actually took the initiative and action to do that. You know, it's not about... Who's right and who's wrong? Like that's you know nearly irrelevant. I think at times, and it's like you 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 seen that and you you brought it up and you addressed it, and that's incredible.
0: Do you know what my fear was? I'm um, I, I I would have been confirmed. My fear was our friendship would have suffered if I didn't, because I I recognised I was in the wrong, and it would have been very easy for me to not acknowledge it with you, yeah. and our friendship would have suffered.
1: That's where most friendships suffer, I yeah. think. You know, because you know, two humans interacting and developing a relationship and... Two egos. Two egos and all the conditioning and all the moods and the fluctuation of moods and the frustrations, etc. They clash and stuff happens and then, you know, it's not addressed and all of a sudden you're begrudging this person and that's just a byproduct of developing a relationship with anyone, I think, that these uh, events and situations happen that rub you up the wrong way and then all of a sudden that's simmering and, you know, you're frustrated... Uh, and then you put it to rest, and then something else happens, and it's like throwing more substance in that stew that's just brewing, brewing, brewing. And then, you know, you have this whole fantasy of why you're so angry at this person, and why they're such a this and that. Um, And then the relationship fails, or you're not interested. But, you know, it could be just a lot easier (laughs) if you or we were just more direct and, you know, express that to each other and in fact actually would create more depth and uh, closeness in a relationship and respect and bring people together a bit more Um, and why we don't do that I think is because it's vulnerable it's very hard to you know have them conversations um, with people and to bring them up and take the initiative and be like oh look I was upset about this thing you know and that's putting ourselves out there and it's also Expression, expressing ourselves emotionally, which um, is something that we haven't been able to do in Ireland for a long time. Like we were suppressed for you know, the last 800 years, you know what I mean? Like, And I think that's uh, really evident in society yeah. um, and how little we have or do engage with that side of ourselves. Absolutely, yeah. And that that vulnerability is really, really
0: difficult. But I am learning over the last couple of years that there's so much reward. Like our relationship is closer as a result. This is one example of millions of ways that that vulnerability is really powerful and is actually a growth tool. Mm. And Dara Stewart, I spoke about this recently, Dara Stewart mentioned to me this concept of brother wounds. So just in the context of me and you and our relationship as two men, if I viewed myself as in competition with you and refused to be vulnerable with you, which most of us do now, even with our mates, yeah. is, is he making more money? Is he, is he taller, bigger, faster, stronger? Yeah. It could be all of these things. And We have a habit of comparing. We compare, but that creates a... a it could create a, a position where I feel... Suppressed by you because of my own insecurities in my head about what you are and how you're doing, yeah. and that comes out in my attitude towards you. It's so com- I'm a little bit competitive. more domineering, yeah, and that causes you to be a bit more insecure. Exactly. So we create these and he- feedback loop, yeah, it's a feedback loop. And Dara, he, when he, I, I say this a lot, when he said those words, brother ruins, I was like, fuck. That's so real because we're all friends, but we're all competing so hard with each other. We end up causing each other anxiety and stress and pain. Whereas the vulnerability could really create a beautiful relationship, and it has with us. And I, I I'm experiencing this now with multiple people. Yeah, being a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah, and a little bit more willing to say, "Look, sorry, I, I, I maybe overreacted, I made a mistake, I yeah. did something and wrong." And owning or, that, like just, there's power. It.
1: There's power in like being vulnerable. And growing yeah. up, I was always made feel like, you know being emotional or having a sensitivity weakness. having a sensitivity to, to other people and and their states was like, are you sensitive, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, emotional, like, you know, yeah. little baby yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. And that's how you're made feel. But like we're all emotional creatures, you know, whether you like to admit it or not, yeah. like we are emotional beings and um rather not seen like uh oh, that side of ourselves as this weakness. Um like actually just being like firm and direct and you know standing strong in that vulnerability and being comfortable or getting comfortable or cultivating the comfort around expressing yourself in that way that's powerful like that's real that's raw it's frank um, and to me that's strength I think you're, I'm right there with you. I think you're absolutely right. And there was a second
0: reason I was laughing there before I told that little story. I'm actually going to pull it up on my phone here now because I literally saw this this morning and you're going to appreciate why I pulled this up now. Um, I sent it to somebody. Here it is. Um, Most, and I've believed it for a long time, it's very funny, most of the opinions that we hold are not actually our opinions Definitely. it's shit we fucking consume yeah. and like the last few years have really demonstrated yeah. this to me in a super evident way and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Chris Williamson. Do you know Chris Williamson? Modern Wisdom. He has a podcast. He lately he's been doing really well. He's had Jordan mm. Peterson on. He's had Andrew so. Huberman. On. Um, you, you might recognise him. Actually, Chris Williamson. Chris Williamson. Very very uh, quick quick background on Chris Williamson. He was actually in the first ever season of Love Island. <laughs> so he was a club promoter, a good looking guy in Love Island. But since has really started to explore. He's a young young guy. He started to explore his world, having really really deep conversations with people. Got a great podcast called Modern Wisdom. Check it out. And um, but he put up something on Twitter. Today And I'm only on Twitter the last three days because of you, Mr. Darren Hendrick, because I'm following you and your journey. And he put up, uh, this is a quote attributed to G.S. Bogle. I'm not sure. Do you know G.S. Bogle? No. Um, Bogle spelt like B-H-O-G-A-L. And he put this uh, up, this tweet up says, Two, Two-step flow theory. Most people's opinions are copied from their favorite influencers who copy the opinions of their favorite mass media. As such, politics is largely a battle between two armies of puppets being ventriloquized by a handful of actual thinkers. And I thought about this, and it's really challenging for me sometimes as well because I, I like to think outside the box. But I know a lot of what I say has been influenced by what I consume, and I consume things that reinforce what I think. So I have created my own echo chamber, And other people say, not me, I don't. I listen to the news or I read these. But everything you consume is influencing your opinion in one way or the other. So sometimes I sit back and I listen to people disagreeing. And I recognize the arguments from both sides as something that was maybe on the news that day or something that was all over Facebook that day. And then I start to think, is that what I actually think about this subject? Or is this a belief that has been shown to me on Instagram or I listen to in a Joe Rogan podcast that I'm just repeating because I like these people and it reinforces the way I feel about this topic. So I'm trying to do this as an exercise now. And again, a lot of the times I fail. But when I saw that this morning, I laughed so hard because it's like we all of these problems that we just spoke about us being so attached to our opinions and beliefs. A lot of the times, they're not even our opinions and beliefs. They're stuff that we just consumed. And if we actually sat down and thought about it, it'd be like, well, number one, because of what Darren just said there um, firm opinion or strong opinions loosely held I'm going to try and let go of these opinions a little bit and number two it wasn't even my fucking opinion in I the first know. place like I it's know. mad so there's levels to this stuff there is. and I love how Naval is bringing us on this journey of self-exploration yeah. we're talking about
1: wealth and money we're and talking about wealth and money and we're, we're going here. deep into we're fucking <laughs> me
0: apologising to you for being a prick <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I've been in positions where I've been a prick and I had to apologise. We're all pricks, man. You know, we are, I, I was thinking about this the last few weeks and I feel like there's a percentage of us that are good and, and we try our best and and then there's this percentage of that's just an arsehole. Like, and that comes yeah. out, you know, and that comes out with me. Like, yeah. Some days I wake up and I, I am just a bit of an arsehole. Like, yeah. and, uh, you know, if I'm just having a mood and I'm feeling short or whatever. Like, you know, the human experience is relentless and um, you can't be on top of it all the time. No. You, know? and you can't
0: be on top of it all the time. But again, back to compound... If you are just trying your best every day, just trying your best.
1: And maybe not even every day. Maybe you're just like, you have the intention to try your best and you're on that path and you're like trying to make the effort and then you hit a patch and you don't do anything for the day and you're lazy. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's uh, three weeks. Maybe it's a month, whatever. And you just fall into this trap of like, oh, no, this is not working. I'm a failure. I'm this, I'm that. It happens. It's a part of the formula. It's a part of the code. It's just written into it. This is a part of it. You know, you get back in the horse, and you pick up, and you you continue, and you know, little by little, the bricks get added, and that's compound. That's the compound. But yeah. No, no, it's not this smooth, um, linear path. No, yeah. it's a it's, a it's a fucking roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. And maybe just to clarify what I meant by that is, I don't I don't think
0: every day you have to do your best. No. You just have to try your best. So even yeah. when you have those shitty days, don't don't stop. Yeah. It's you're not done. And most most the vast majority of yeah. people they do every day. We're do, yeah. We're all doing our best what's, again, I'm coming back to try and make this relevant. Yeah. What's so powerful about these type of, of this type of content, these people mm. and this type of podcast is that he can help us. Yeah. He can help us when we're not feeling good Definitely. or we're lost they or overwhelmed. Do.
1: They can do. So
0: we can try our best Yeah, and then we can apply the learnings of people who yeah. we stand on the shoulder giants and all that and that will help our best be, yeah. bring us closer to what we want. But it for, might not be money or wealth.
1: Yeah, but look, for me, I just want to make the point that You know, some days I don't feel like trying my best. Sometimes I wake up and, you know, not all the time, but I'm like, nah, fuck this. I'm not bothered. I couldn't be arsed. Like, what am I even doing? Mm. Question everything. And I'm like, nah, not bothered. This is a lot of shy And do nothing for the day. Might end up eating crap food. Might end up not exercising. And just be like, oh. You know, but then, you know, that passes and you wake up the next day and you're like, right. That was just a little moment I had, whatever. Grand, get some perspective on it. Don't get too attached to it. That's what I strive for, and just put it to bed. Grand, move on. Yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe it's maybe it's a yeah a perspective or a scale piece. If you if we're really granular, yeah, definitely we have days and moments and hours and all that like that. But we, I just I wanted to point
1: that out. Sorry, right just to so to know that like it's not so black and white. And I don't know. No, that's also a part of the human experience. That is it. It's like better for some people. It's worse for some people. Yeah, but, you know it's. Yeah, you're, no, you're hundred percent right.
0: Yeah, and it's great, a great, a great shout to point that out. Um, if if we can step back, and we've all seen those graphs to compare. Again, usually it's in the context of like a gym journey or something like that. But like what we think it is, and it's a straight line, and what it actually is, and there's divots and zigzags and backwards and loop the loops and all that kind of stuff on on the path. But as a whole, if you step all the way back. Shit days And off days And all that All thrown into the mix Are we are we moving Gradually in the right direction Exactly You're winning That's, yeah. that's You're winning Having
1: like. the attention Do you know what I mean The attention for me the Is that yeah. Like look I'm gonna Life's hard And it's gonna be tough And we, we face all kind of travesty, Travesties How <laughs> do you say <saying> that <laughs> Yeah <or>?
0: travesty Yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, and we do. We have Travis. That's the fragile. hangover, Danny. You know? <laughs> that's the hangover. It's uh, kicking in there that's Look, that's even that's them chocolate bars. Really. That's the that's the malfunctioning. though, you know. I <laughs> need another fifteen uh, minutes out of yeah, there. Get that, get that fucking chocolate bar. god Jesus! Um, <laughs> but for me, the intention in my life is, you know, and I've thought about this. I just want to try improve as much as I can, you know, and um, always be learning, always be getting better, always be working on myself. That's the overall intention of my life. But I know there's going to be lots of pitfalls. I know there's going to be not the point where uh, I'm going to be, you know, low or like things are going to happen, death's going to happen in my life and that's um, going to have to be navigated and, you know, all kind of other moods and um, patches in life that we all face at different times. Um, but that's the overall intention that I want to kind of walk.
0: And what, why do you want to
1: improve and to grow? Um, Now, it's a good question and I suppose some of it, is a biological drive, you know, maybe it is that desire to, you know, it's complex. You know, I recognize that ultimately we all have a this strange biological drive to prove ourselves or to um, fit in or to ascend the hierarchy. I don't mean, really, you know, so that that is a part of the ingredients. But I think for me, I'm, you know, my rationale is that I'm just very interested to see how much I can grow, you know, and, and how much I can expand my mind um, how much I can improve myself, how much I can improve maybe in my relationships and the skills I learn and how good I can just get. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here for whatever period of time I am and I'm just intrigued to, to see, um, firstly, like the type of person I can intentionally become and, and. How good I can become or whatever, um, and then also, I I would love to just be able to leave the world in a better place than I came here and have a positive impact on humanity, and you know help in whatever way I can, and that's another motivation to making money and generating wealth so I can you know use that to um do good I suppose in society, um, so I think that. So answer, it does. Yeah, it's a, it's a very very
0: difficult question to actually definitively answer. Mm. And two people jump into my head. Alex Hormozzi talks about happiness a lot. He's the guy I mentioned earlier on. He's 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 um, made himself over the last five or six years extremely successful. He's an investor. Um, and he talks about happiness. And he said, "What? why do we think it's happiness? Why do we think we all should be happy? Because it's making us unhappy thinking we're supposed to be happy. And he, again, talks a lot about the process and work. Work makes him, work gives him purpose. And purpose makes him get out of bed in the morning. And for him, that's where the book stops. So he, he's worth m- many hundreds of millions, but he's like, it's not about the money for me. It's the work I'm doing. I'm doing the work and it, it gives me purpose. It gets me out of bed. I'm motivated. I enjoy it. Yeah. So I'm doing it. I'm not looking for happiness here. Like he has all the money in the world. He could retire. And that brings me to LinkedIn to what Peterson says about, yeah, go, go get, get to the point where you have enough money to sit and drink mimosas on the beach or whatever you're drinking. Sex on the beaches for the rest of your life. He says, a week in, you'll be bored. Two weeks in, you'll be miserable. Yeah. So I often think about like, what is it? Because again, the cliches come around and usually there's truth buried in the cliches. It's about the journey. It's not about the destination. <laughs> it's a cliche. It's you a cliche. When you, listen, when you look at what those two people have just said there.
1: Yeah. And what you've
0: just said. Then. And I've
1: said, I've used that in my time. Yeah, myself, but you've you
0: know. just said it there. So it's not about, like, I know you had the end goal of making the world a better place and helping people, but ultimately, every day you want to be better because yeah. it gives you a reason to get out of bed. It does. And, like, and that's my meaning,
1: you know? It's your meaning. It's the meaning I'm trying to find, it's a purpose. And that's what allows me to actually justify uh, making an effort and living. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because if, if I don't have that framework of purpose, and meaning that I can draw from, well, then life just becomes this thing that I exist in, and, like, why the fuck am I alive? Like, and what's the point? And I've been in that place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of not having purpose, not having meaning, and not having direction, and not having drive to go in any direction. Yeah. And that, you know, isn't a nice place to be in. And money means nothing when you're in that no, place. No, it doesn't. And It doesn't actually at all. Um, so, like... We need to derive meaning and purpose from something, whatever that is, you know, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good, but I think it's just a very essential ingredient into like driving uh, behavior in a way that is uh, going to make us move, you know, and not feel so stuck. Yeah. Uh, And that shows up in like the need to feed your family, the need to pay your bills, the need to get a wage. Um, they drive that as well, you know. Absolutely. Uh, which is why, like, and we
0: mentioned this point at the start, yeah. if your nine to five is doing it for you, that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the whole point. You don't have to quit and start an yeah. empire to be happy. And just to tie it in my own way yeah. back to the, the seek wealth, not money or status, if I interpret what you've just said and the points we just made there about the uh, everyday working on yourself and having purpose and drive and meaning and motivation the motivation to have wealth is not to sit on the beach and drink. It's not to not have to work, but it's to find more things that give more meaning to my life, like my relationship with my partner or my children, my relationship with myself. I can't focus on those things if I'm under pressure to pay my bills yeah. and it's like maso hierarchy yeah it's it's the self actualization mm. style of of thing i'm not seeking this wealth and financial freedom to not have to work in fact i would be miserable if i didn't have to work yeah i would but i would like the time i spend doing these things to be more meaningful and i i think that's what naval is talking yeah. about. And he, he says like this famous line, get everybody rich and then make them happy. Yeah, And that's what I interpret that as. Not exactly. because I'm, I have loads of money so now I'm happy. Yeah. The money removes the pressure. But now I, I have a responsibility to not get caught in this more money, more power, more yeah. pressure. It's now, okay, now I've got the time, pal. Yeah. Now what makes your life meaningful? And in my way, right or wrongly, at the moment, sitting here with you right now having this conversation, doing this podcast, meeting the people I meet, doing the things I do, I'm trying to embody that in a very small way at the moment and spend some of that meaningful time now and not wait until I have all the wealth while still using the skills and the benefits of spending that time to help me create the wealth and the money as well. The networking, the communication, the sense of connection, the sense of love, exploring myself. So I'm trying to do a small bit of it now. And eventually the goal is to not have any financial concerns so I can do more of that stuff, not do less stuff. So I think... That's my interpretation yeah. of that.
1: And just to point out that there's another end of this, there's another contrast here. Um, you could live a very free life, very simple life, have a plot of land with no desire to make money and it might not be a necessity to this lifestyle. You could, you know, get a minimal amount of money, buy a patch of land, rural. And I know people who do this and they grow your own food, live a simple life, not be really attracted to the material lifestyle, and live way within your means, and not need to make a massive amount of money, and have meaning and purpose in your day to day, whether it's you know growing the crops, taking care of the land, maybe I have some friends that have a couple of animals, and that's how they orientate themselves, so all that can exist um, without the desire or importance on generating wealth you know but that, that is wealth that it is wealth and and, and and I think my point is like that wealth is required there yeah that is you're right. that, yeah, <laughs> that it's is wealth. it is wealth but I mean like I know what you mean you don't yeah. have to put like this emphasis and so much importance on like generating wealth and a lot of wealth you can have minimal wealth, yeah. but live within the means of what wealth you have. But yes, it is wealth, you know, and that's the, it, it's the exact point we're making. But I feel like people might just perceive it in a way that... You have to have loads yeah, of money. loads of money and yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, all these requirements. You need to have assets and all this money working for you. Like, yes, if you want a certain lifestyle, but you can have a very simple lifestyle, live within your means, have a minimal amount of wealth that can be much easier to obtain. And to manage and sustain, yeah, and have your meaning and everything attached and, and live a great happy life. And I, I know I have friends who do that. Oh, yeah, and you I think Fer-
0: Ferris is the master of illustrating that. If you've read that book, Four Hour Work Week, there's just a little post on it there. Uh, he's the master of illustrating that because he explains what you've just explained there by saying it's not about the amount of money, it's about. The lifestyle you want to live. He talks about the new rich, and he talks about this concept of you can travel the if you, if your thing is traveling, for example, you can travel the world and live extremely comfortably in some of these beautiful countries, meeting beautiful people, generating connection, having real meaning, waking up every day with a purpose to your day, and you can be making less than the average wage in America if you understand how wealth works and how how to um manage your time properly and how to own all of the practical principles which Naval goes through as well yeah. Tim Ferriss goes through in that book if you can leverage those you don't need lots of money to have actual wealth wealth is not lots of money wealth is creating the lifestyle you want and being comfortable and not having the pressure of I, I, I'm living paycheck to paycheck or whatever yeah. like that. So that's just another illustration of the point mm, you just made no. very well there. That's beautiful. Um, you don't need loads of money. Right. No. We, we, I think we can do one more before we wrap
1: this one up. Do you want to wow. do, so, do one more? There's like so many...
0: We're going to come back, by there, the way. There's so
1: many points. We're so going to come back. We are like, we're
0: I'll, we're... I'll have a look through my list and you see, pick one and we'll see. We're
1: kind of like scratching the surface here. But I, I do like the idea of making our way through these linear, you know, because he oh, makes... he. I think he makes these, you know, points in... Uh, an Organized way and maybe a the yeah. structure there, so we can come back to it. We can do more. This has been really great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Well, with yeah. that, we're definitely got we're gonna make our yeah. way. I'm committing to it right now. Yeah. We're gonna make our way through the entire we're get thing. get through it all, yeah. Because yeah. this is
0: really it's it's I told you at the start, that yeah. this helps me. I'm learning this stuff, and me, and you're exactly, learning this stuff
1: completely. Um, and if someone is just, listening just here, talking and like that's provoking thinking, and it's yeah. making me, you know, get more perspective and clarity. Uh, yeah. and we find our own thinking on that. Definitely. And I'm
0: very aware that I, I do this. I don't know if you do this. I consume so much of this information all the time. It's very hard for me to apply it or process it properly, especially if I don't have a really lengthy conversation yeah. like this with someone like you, and I can actually, I can orient, because you use this phrase a lot, and I like it, I can orientate myself and my thoughts around what he's saying here and apply it to my life. I don't do that with a lot of stuff. I read all the yeah. books and listen to the podcast, but it's just consumption, mm. mindless consumption a lot of the time. And I've consumed this um, tweet storm multiple times Yeah, it's only now I'm like I want to digest this yeah. I want to take another percent of it. my little compound interest I want to take another one percent from this this time that we go through this yeah.
1: Um, so yeah let's let's do one more you're, right. you're on the ball with we'll, the next one we'll do one more so hope it's not a massive one here so <laughs> <another three hours. laughs> you're not going to get rich renting out your time oh, I love it. you must own equity a piece of a business to gain your financial freedom. And yeah, look, I think I spoke about investing in a business in stocks and stocks earlier on and maybe define that as having assets. Like that is actually having equity as well, you know, in a business. Um, it's owning a percentage and that what, that's what a stock is in a business. When you, when you buy it, you, you own a percentage of the business and, you know, people with the bigger percentages actually have a say in how the business is run and that's what a board is and they make decisions and uh, that's why you see with Facebook, you know, they're main goal because they're a public company is to generate profit for the investors. And same, you know, I think most, if not all companies that are public. Um, so yeah, his point here is, you know, when you have to exchange your time for money, when it's like, I need to show up to do this job and get paid by the hour, that's me giving my time to receive money for my time. And with that lifestyle, you're always going to be, um, Relying on making money by giving your time. Um, And that's a very hard way to, uh, I suppose, get to that place of what many refer to as financial freedom because your time is always required to to make money. Um, So by investing, as one example, and buying equity in a company, especially a startup, um, is something that he talks about. It's higher risk but the reward is higher. You pay equity in a company. So if it's a blue chip and you're putting money in, you're getting rewarded every year. That's you. That's a perfect example of you're not, you know, giving your time for money. You're giving your money, which is making money for you. While you sleep, while you eat, while you don't really actually have to, you know, lend your time. Um, And then, with startups and this is what makes startups so attractive for uh venture capitalists and, and many people with money is because when you get in on a startup um there's a high chance it's going to fail you know most of them fail i think something like 80 or 90 percent of startups fail in the first five years and then like i think it's like 90 percent of the ones that make it past five years fail in the next five years so highly competitive but if you find a, a startup company and put money into that generally you get the cheapest price because it's high risk and this is all understood. Um, But then with time, uh, that grows exponentially. And anybody that were first round investors in Twitter like Naval, um, Facebook, Instagram, any of these companies that would have required money to actually get going, they would have been given massive stock. And over the years, as, 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 these have turned into unicorn companies. Like, maybe they made 20 investments that year. Maybe 15 of them failed, most likely. Maybe a couple of them did okay, but one or two, maybe just one, was a unicorn company and made them X potential wealth. Uh, And that wealth generated from that one investment offered them the financial freedom they needed for life. And that's the kind of potential you have with, this mindset and with equity. That's what's really exciting about you know the crypto market is because you know crypto is not just finance, it's not just Bitcoin. It's a whole new innovative um technology and it's a whole new field and it's a whole new field of assets and you know it's so much happening and so much excitement in this new tech and it's attracting so many of the brightest minds across different industries, but is also providing people to the opportunity to, to invest in these very early stage startups without needing the the type of capital to be considered a venture capitalist, you know? So a lot of equity companies, traditional, you need to be registered as a venture capitalist. You need to have a certain amount of money um, to be actually able to invest. Uh, so therefore there's a barrier to entry that cuts out most of the population because we all haven't got a couple of hundred grand lying around. Um, or angel investors, you know, they can invest a bit less, but they probably need a certain amount of money as well. But what the technology of blockchain and crypto enables us to do is actually be an everyday person, and even Robinhood, actually, which is an app that operates in the traditional stock market. I know they are going into crypto. They allow the everyday person to come along with, um, you know, a little amount of money and, and invest and get access to these very early stage startups that, you know, you can put a small amount of money in and the risk could be really high and it's very important to do your research and not put in more more than you can afford to lose and not be irresponsible and and, and gamble, but to be educated or to find someone that is educated and get a third party to, you know, manage your money. That kind of risk can provide massive returns, um, life-changing returns. Now in saying that, you know, in crypto there's a lot of scams. There's a lot of projects that are failing and that principle that I spoke to about companies failing also applies to this field. Like 90% of the there's over like 10,000 projects that are built on blockchain technology now. Um, Most of us are only aware of a couple but there's over 10,000 and reality is that 90% of them are going to fail in the next five years. That's like, you know, also applies to this market and probably 90% of the ones that survive are going to fail in the following five years. But, you know, few um, companies like the internet are going to grow massively and have dramatic uh, changes and an impact on society and give people who invested early on just obscene returns. Um, And, you know, you're kind of seeing that with Bitcoin. Yeah, I know that's been a really long rant, um, or riff. So I hope there's some value on that and um yeah. Um that kinda just to me speaks about uh or some perspective I think on what the difference is there and why it's important to break out of that mindset of, you know, money for time or getting your money to work for you.
0: Yeah. No, very good, and I, I'm I'm sitting there interested listening to you because that's obviously an area you have a lot more understanding of than me. I know you're not an expert, but you have a lot more understanding and experience in the world of investment.
1: Yeah, and I'm not an expert. No, now. yeah, yeah,
0: hundred percent. Um, but you're very well educated, and you worked in the industry, in the crypto industry as well. So you're, yeah. you're educated and experienced. I, 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 work, experience. I
1: worked for Coinbase. You yeah. know, and I was like, I'm not just a person who has been on the sidelines. I've worked in the industry. I worked for Coinbase, which is a company that went public. They had the highest valuation, valuation, and the public, uh, uh, gone public in history. And, um, you know, I worked in, in compliance in Coinbase. Um, so I had good exposure to, you know, a business that is very prominent in the crypto industry. I worked for another company in Denmark that helped with startups. So I'm not just like someone on the (laughs) sidelines. Some dude. (laughs) No, I'm not. Like I, I definitely have, you know, I've worked in this industry professionally for the last five years yeah. and I've been interested in it for eight years. Um, that doesn't mean I'm I'm like, oh, I'm after doing so well and I'm ridiculously wealthy. I'm not like I've lost so much money in, in crypto and it's hurt me really bad. Uh, like to the point where, you know, I've lost my job because the market took a downturn, lost all the money and I had and ended up, you know, in Malaysia with nothing and had to go to Sydney and sleep in a couch for a month. So it's not a smooth ride, you know? Yeah, yeah. But anybody that is a successful investor, go to any successful investor in the world. It's the same story. Their percentage of failure outweighs their percentage of returns. Yeah. Getting burnt, losing money, making bad decisions is a part of the game. Yeah, It's just a part of it. Now, you can lessen that by, you know, not taking big risks and investing in these blue chip companies which are really safe and very predictable and avoid that element of risk but risk is a part of it and higher the return, higher the risk. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm gonna offer my perspective, which will complement your perspective. It's other building blocks to this point. And I'll borrow I'll borrow more of Hermozzi for this as well because he helped me to again orient my thoughts around this. And another another form of investment, particularly for people who maybe don't understand Investment in the stock market or crypto or things they really don't have a good grasp over or people who are at a very, very early stage and want some sort of growth without uh, waiting for 10 years through stable investments and stuff like that is investing in yourself or your own business or product or service is another form of investment that doesn't necessarily require you to monetize your time for the rest of your life. And what I mean by this is let me use a couple of examples. Say for example. Investing in your own health. This is one element. People always talk about your health is your wealth, and it is the most important thing you have. Investing in your health could have really, really powerful long-term rewards, even from a financial point of view, because you've more focus, more energy, more time, more application um, to spend on these types of things, to, to to actually investing or researching or learning or building business. When, you're, when your energy is low, your health is low, you can't do any of that. So that's the first point. But Let's take a business, product, service, something you build yourself. There's an initial investment of your time. You have to build a thing. Let's say a course, right? Online course in photography, just randomly, pick an example. But once you've built the course, you then have a scalable product. So it doesn't directly, one unit of your time does not now equal one unit of course sold because you're not delivering the course. The internet has, and this is another point he makes, we'll come to this in the next podcast, but the internet has given us the opportunity to leverage our own inputs and magnify them. So now I can sell this course to 10 or 10 million people on the internet. So now it's no longer a direct relationship between my time and. My, my income. I've built my own asset, which we spoke about. My my course is now my asset. And you can substitute course with anything here. Business, he talks about, and we, I won't get too deep into it because there's another point on this, but he talks about the types of things you can leverage, capital, um, st- staff or people, yeah. media, all that kind of stuff. But you can create things exactly. and build things and invest in those things. And is massive on this. Hermosi's asked about this all the time, about investing in things like crypto and Bitcoin. Now, I don't subscribe to any of these people. I take the bits that I find useful from all of these people, but his thoughts on it are he won't invest in things he doesn't understand, but he understands businesses. So he built his own business and now he builds other people's businesses. He, he's, he, he acquires and builds yeah. and stuff like that. That's what he understands and that's where he invests his money and that's where he sees his return. So there are loads of options here, but the principle behind whether you're investing in crypto or, or, or something like that, investing in a business or a product or a service or investing in tr- traditional um, stock market businesses, blue chip businesses and stuff like that, or investing in your own health, the principle remains the same. You, can, you get to a point where where your input starts to develop multiple times yeah. in terms of output. So it's not for the rest, and uh, uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about this as well in, in, in Rich Dad Poor Dad, if you are on a linear path in your job where you're being promoted every year, but gradually inflation pushes up the cost of living, you're always living at the exact same level in terms of your wealth and your freedom, which we spoke yeah. about, because you could be earning 50 grand now and 150 grand when you're 60, but your your lifestyle has has kept pace with that and you've never broken free and managed to exponentially increase mm. your your ability to earn and um, now I'm going to have a caveat to this. If you are somebody who is living modestly or has a very, very high income, which might be like maybe a financial or a banker or a lawyer or a doctor or somebody like that. and A lot of doctors will be laughing at phone But if you have a very, very high rate of income and you can manage your outgoings, you then have the ability to leverage that money yeah. and invest exactly. and could potentially still yeah. work a job and a yeah. linear job but also have other things by rental properties or investing yeah. stocks and stuff like that so it's not a, a one-size-fits-all here it's not quit and build a business or no. quit, become a crypto investor and, and i wouldn't a, advise doing that <laughs> it,
1: no either would i and, and it's a great point you're making and you also don't need to be a person that necessarily invests in equity and, and no. that you know like i think we live now in an age where we don't fully actually appreciate the power of the internet and the amount of people online that are just deciding I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to craft out my own path in my own niche and not giving so much power to like needing credentials, needing a, a, an education with a, a degree necessarily. Um, and we see this now more than ever. And I've seen this firsthand with people I've followed over the years, people i met while living in Bali who have crafted out these lifestyles for themselves. And, you know, some examples of this is deciding that you want to build a website, an affiliate website. So, you know, you could have a job. Now, I've met people who have had full-time jobs and decided I want to, you know, craft out a lifestyle for myself. I want to chase this dream of spending my time how I please. And an example of how they do it is, they build an affiliate website. So what an affiliate is essentially is that like maybe 80% of companies or a large portion of them have affiliate programs, which means you sign up as an affiliate for the company. They give you a link. And with that link, anyone that clicks the link and purchases via the link, you get a percentage. So it could be like Amazon do it and they pay like I think 4 to 6% on all the money generated to you, some companies offer higher percentages, which means that if I am selling something and someone buys it, I get a percentage off that company paid directly to me. And the great thing about that is you don't need a lot of capital to start up. You don't need to hire people. You don't need to pay money for an area location. You need to build a website and you need to get into marketing. So what you find is you'll have someone say, okay, I'm really passionate about tech. And I, even more specific, I'm actually passionate about headphones, and you know music, etc. So I'm gonna build a website, and I'm gonna you know talk about my passion. I'm gonna add value. I'm gonna do the research. I'm gonna you know you know paint a picture that uh, is genuine, but I am you know trying to sell it, um also, but I'll just trying to add value to people and insight. And I'm gonna put up videos and do reviews on these headphones and this and that. And then I'm going to grow that. And as my traffic goes to the website, more and more people come, a percentage buy through the links on the website of the products that I've reviewed. And I started to generate income from these companies who pay me to uh, you know, basically advertise on their behalf and, and uh, assist in their um, revenue generation. Um. So within that, They learn the skill of building a website, which is easier to do now than ever. They learn the skill of copywriting, which is uh, the words we use to sell. Um, They learn the skills of graphic design, etc., whatever. If you don't want to do that, you can go on to upscale Fiverr and you can pay other people to do it relatively cheap, depending on where you hire them in the world. And... Like you said, Danny, these take time. You don't start making money, and that's the sacrifice you make. You could go six months a year without actually making money. Oh, longer. And probably longer, and it takes time and a lot of patience. Um, But what happens is you put the work in, you build it up, not getting any reaction, and maybe after six months a year, one person buys one thing from your website, and you get that first piece of money paid from the company. And then the next month, more people and more people. Three years down the line, it hasn't grown in a linear way. It's grown in that compound and exponential way. And then it starts to scale. And then all of a sudden, you have this established website that you've been working on to refine that has exposure to anybody on the internet. So it's not confined by a local um, location. And you have a pretty decent number of, traffic comes to your website. It doesn't have to be massive. It doesn't have to be this really well-known website. It could be, you know, few thousand people from the world, whatever. And you're getting paid a wage and then it starts to grow and then you're making more money. I've met people, you know, in Bali who get paid thousands and thousands a week through that method. Um, just because they've scaled it up and they've got better at doing it and then they do another website in a different niche. Some people do purely because they want to make money. Some people do because they're really passionate about what they're talking about and also they want to make money. Um, So that exists on a spectrum, you know, as well. And that's just one example. You have dropshipping, which gets a lot of shit. You have, you know, even being like, uh, you know, an influencer has that kind of power. Um, And I think now more than ever, we're moving into this digital economy where everyone is more attracted to people who have their own personal brand or maybe losing touch with like being so attracted to companies and we want to follow individuals. And, you know, Instagram demonstrates that. So if you can grow yourself as a personal brand and like share your opinions and thoughts and in ways that's what me and you are doing. And the podcast is an expression of that. And, you know, us building that is creating we're the unique you know, specific person that people are interested in us and maybe our personal brand and then we can use that to be a medium of passing on information and value and maybe people come to us to know how to find out about crypto or to find out about podcasts and um and that's how we leverage that, you know, and uh with these websites and these methods, you put so much time in, but then you get to step away from them a bit and they require much less time. And then you have people coming to them and they're scaling. And you can do that with such little investment of time and money to start off. And you can do it by having a full-time job. You don't need to like take this massive leap and be like, I'm going to put everything to the sidelines and risk like, you know, just everything to go for this. It can literally be, and I, I know people who have done this, I'm gonna allocate an hour a week or I'm gonna do twenty minutes in the evening. And you slowly chip away with it. And that twenty minutes a day or ten minutes a day, whatever it is, but the consistency and persistence over time, um, I think we underappreciate how huge that can be in getting the results. And then as that starts to take off, maybe it needs more time and you can either hire people to help you, freelance, whatever, or you can you know, start to think about maybe I'll try to reduce my hours in work down to four days, three days um, and give this more energy. And as that grows, I'll reduce it more and potentially one day take the leap and do it full time. But it can be very calculated, balanced in a way that reduces the risk significantly. Or maybe you don't ever want to, you know, lose your job. Maybe you want to keep your job and do both of them and just have this as a little side thing. I know people who do that as well. And I've met people abroad like you have that lifestyle and and have the best of both world and they now they're generating two streams of income um and giving themselves maybe more freedom that they want and more uh um space to uh, do as they please in life or whatever yeah so I think that's important to mention
0: no absolutely it's a beautifully detailed and comprehensive uh example of what you can do when you Change your mindset around selling your time yeah. for money. And I just want to just throw in something to, to say at the end there. It's not easy. No. It's not easy at all. Because everybody who's built something successful like this and has leveraged all these wonderful modern tools, it's a, there's a lot more opportunity than before. Yeah. But it requires a huge amount of dedication. Exactly. Obsession even, D- I would say.
1: Discipline. Discipline. Yeah, uh, Support. You know, I don't think it necessarily has to be obsession. Sorry, not obsession, but I a, hear an obsession
0: you. with... um maybe focus is a better word focus
1: focus yeah, yeah. and and patience and patience and you know very well you might go and decide to do something and it might fail straight away the first thing most likely will and it might not go anywhere but by you actually walking that path regardless of how slow it is yeah. you take so much lessons and you you get so much value like i tried affiliate for a bit and and i didn't didn't take off didn't do anything yeah. you know i tried to build a website didn't really go anywhere but I know how to better build a website. I know like how to better market things. So I've learned skills. So that fails grand. I didn't have a massive investment of money. I put time in. I got rewarded for skill acquisition. And I take that and I, I move forward and I go on to the next thing. Maybe yeah. that fails. Then I go forward and move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that fails. But that's the
0: thing. If you can view these failures as lessons. And it's again, it's another thing applicable across many, many aspects of life. But if you can view those failures, as lessons, that's the mindset of yeah. someone who has a really high percentage chance of achieving yeah. of, of succeeding. If the failure is a complete setback and you never do yeah. everything on it again, well, it's a part of it. It, it literally, is, it's. I don't know if it's possible without failure. It's just,
1: it's, it's a part of it. Yeah, like without getting really lucky. I think if you look at without getting lucky or being in the right circumstances, but if you look at anyone that's probably successful, like you know, they probably fail way more than they have yeah. succeeded. Like you fail. Loads and then you succeed, you know. That's yeah. just 10 years to be an overnight success, that's it's, what they say. exactly. You know, yeah. and we have a habit of looking at people and oh, you're so successful, we don't see the backdrop, you know. Yeah. And and it su- might be posturing, yeah, and it might be posturing. Um, so I just think it's written in the code, it's written in the formula. And if it's something you're interested in doing, you want to pursue, great. If you're not and you're content in life, amazing. But, yeah. um, I, um, yeah, there's good perspective there. Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Even, Hendrick. Even sorry, even, even talking about it is giving perspective to myself. I can Make, see you thinking as making, you're, as you're, making, as you're, making you're talking. Making me realize that, like, you know, oh, yeah, this is how it is and it's refreshing. So, yeah. um, look, we're all on this journey and um, I just think that we have more options than, that than we ever have ever had. Absolutely.
0: No question about that whatsoever. Yeah, definitely. And it's really exciting. It's exciting as well. Um, I'm going to wrap it there. Because there's probably another four podcasts. I think so, this. man.
1: We're only scratching the surface. We're just scratching
0: the surface, but that was really, yeah. really enjoyable. Same. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I like that was we got through a huge amount there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and what I liked is we were able to link it in my own mind. Anyway, it might sound like garbage, <laughs> but we were able to link it to uh, the philosophies and principles rather than just go through these. And does t- that what you meant? Is that what you meant? Yeah. Um, but will you give me the? Uh, the, the honour of coming back and working our way through these it might I'd take l- us another three or four episodes
1: I'd love to you know and like if it's okay with you I'd love to also post this in my uh, oh yeah podcast, we, we talked know? about you're, you're officially yeah.
0: I don't know where you no you weren't the last time you were on you're officially live now with Curiosity with Darren I am
1: curious with Darren sorry curious not yeah. curiosity curious so with Darren is I'm it on, with Darren Hendrick or with Darren uh, just with Darren with Darren yeah, yeah um, where can we find you uh, so Spotify and um, I think I'm on Apple and I'm going to probably put on a couple of others. Yeah. But like I just like this conversation to me is so valuable and I'd love to push it out there as well. So Man, you do. You, um, this, is,
0: this is yours as much as it is mine. Yeah.
1: And I think we both need to like there's so much more here to talk about yeah. for ourselves. And uh, I'm excited and more than happy to continue this conversation. So brilliant.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you for your time today. Thank, thank you, you for, for your time in the future. Yeah. Uh, thank you for
1: asking me on. I appreciate. it. I
0: know it's a pl- I was because uh, I was buzzing. I wasn't letting you off the hook when, when, <laughs> when you got onto me today as well. I think you did very well uh, for a man who you. destroyed a few brain cells over uh, the weekend. I tried to
1: back out, but I did. Yeah, you did try and back out, and <laughs> I, I got the did. fucking all hooked in, and I pulled I you back in. Did you were let look, me having a?
0: This is what we. This is what we do. Fair.
1: Who do I think I am? That's what I was going on to talk about this stuff. Who the
0: fuck do you think you are? But I don't think anybody will listen to what you just said there and think you're coming across as an expert or like that. I hope. I hope I don't come across like that either. But uh, I, I, you're genuinely, obviously, curious about this stuff. I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, you can probably tell by the way we're talking about it; it means so much in so many different ways. And I wanted this opportunity to explore that with you and to consolidate it in my own head because I'm going to benefit from this going forward. Hopefully, anybody who's gotten this far in the podcast will benefit too. Hopefully, there's some value in you there in, in the podcast there for you. And um, thank you so much as always for listening. Thank you, Darren, for coming on.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thank any. Thank you, anybody that decides to tune in. I hope there's some value. And uh, yeah, it's been an honor as always. Thanks, man.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you in the
1: next one. Yes. Well,
0: there you have it, folks. That is the first in a small series of podcasts that we're going to do on the Val Ravikant Tweetstorm. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed recording it. And I hope you managed to pull some value that you can implement in your own lives to take control and empower yourself. As always, folks, your support for this podcast is so valuable. And I really do appreciate the amount of people who reach out with very kind messages. If you want to get in touch, you can contact me through Instagram at primalpro, p r y m a l p r o or Shoot me an email at dan at primal.ie. And please do make sure that whatever platform you're listening on, that you subscribe and leave a rating so you never miss an episode. And so it helps us reach more people who might find value in this podcast, because that's what we're all about here, is helping people to empower themselves and improve their lives. Thank you, as always, for your time and attention. Really appreciate you listening, and I will chat to you in the next episode.